This episode of the Busted Wide Open podcast is brought to you by Blueberry. Blueberry offers the best media hosting, accurate listening stats, and their all-new PowerPress Deluxe Sites, a no-setup WordPress website for your podcast with all the necessary links to share your show with the world built right in. If you currently produce a podcast and are looking for a better host, or if you're looking to start a new one from scratch, head over to orbitaljigsaw.com slash BWO and sign up for the best media hosting and a PowerPress Deluxe site to get your first month absolutely free. That's orbitaljigsaw.com slash BWO or just use the promo code BWO at checkout for your first month absolutely free. And now, enjoy the show. This is the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Champion, Will Ospreay, and you are listening to Busted Wide Open. Thank you. You're listening to the Busted Wide Open Podcast. Dropping the elbow on the hottest topics in sports entertainment and the world of professional wrestling. With your hosts, Nick Howell and Sir Ian Dangerous. Coming to you from the Orbital Jigsaw Network Arena in sunny Southern California. Welcome back to the Busted Wide Open Podcast, but if this is your first time joining the show, I'd like to welcome you to the show that is as good, if not exceeds, WrestleMania. I, I'm Nick Howell. And swiggity swooty, John Moxley is coming for that booty. I am Sir Ian Dangerous, and yes, this is a WrestleMania equivalent podcast. Yes, uh, that's what it is. <laughs> <laughs> we've got we've got Super Showdown coming up this Friday from an undisclosed international location. Oh wait, no, it's Saudi Arabia. Oops, you wouldn't know it from watching WWE TV though. We have that coming up this Friday. We're gonna talk about that and the two main roster shows leading up to it. We've got, dude, we had a huge week outside of that though. We had a takeover over in NXT this weekend that people are already calling one of the best NXT takeovers of all time. Again, uh, we we yep. had... I'll raise my hand and say yeah, that. We had John Moxley debut his first match outside of WWE, now no longer known as Dean Ambrose. Now he is John Moxley. He debuted over in New Japan uh, to huge... Boy, did he. Boy. <laughs> yeah, he came out the gate, didn't he? Uh, we'll talk about yeah, that. Did. Later on in the show in our New Japan segment, when we talk about the finals of the Best of Super Juniors, which I'll, I'll say it right now, has my match of the year so far. Uh, so, yeah. What? yeah. Oh, we definitely got to talk about oh, that. Oh, we're going to talk. Uh, plus, we've got listener questions, some great listener questions today. We've got pick'ems for the, upcom- for the upcoming uh, shows, Dominion and Super Showdown, and more. Before we get to all that, though, Nick, let's do some housekeeping. Yes. Well, guys, as you can see, we are live again on YouTube. And if you can't see, that means you're not subscribed to the YouTube channel. So head over to YouTube.com slash C slash Busted Wide Open. Subscribe and be sure to hit that little notification bell so you get little email alerts and pings uh, on your mobile device anytime we go live or upload new content. Definitely want to make sure you do that going forward. We're going to have lots of good stuff. Of course, the hub of our operation is over on Facebook. Just search for Busted Wide Open. Join the Busted Wide Open discussion group, and uh, we will get you in there for some weekly live chats around all of the WWE shows, fun memes, great conversations, and a really positive, fun environment there for all wrestling fans. Uh, You can also follow us on Instagram and Twitter, 
at BWO Podcast. And if you love this show and want to show your support, head over to patreon.com slash BWO. Sign up for one of those awesome reward tiers like getting access to show notes, the ability to ask listener questions that we answer live here on the air every single week, uh, as well as bonus episodes, swag, all kinds of good stuff there. That's patreon.com slash BWO. Indeed, but you know what, Nick? We're not... We got to get a, we have a huge show. We got to get to it right now. Let's not waste any more time and yes. get right to Monday Night Raw. Well, as I admitted last week, I uh I I was a fan of the whole beast in the box thing, but we had some different things going down this week. That's one way to put it. And throughout the course of the week, whenever it happened, before we ever got to Raw, it was it was announced, formally announced, that Brock Lesnar would be cashing in, and it would be for the Universal title, and it, it like removed all elements of surprise from the Money in the Bank, which is why it exists in uh, the It doesn't necessarily place. have to be that way. That's just how they've written it in the past, oh. is that they could cash in at any time. Dun, dun, dun. They've had people announce it before. It's usually lame when they do, and this was no exception because I think everyone and their mother knew that Brock wasn't actually going to cash in on Monday Night Raw, uh, and he didn't. It was just a way for them to pop their ratings, which we'll get into that in a second. Basically, what happened was Seth Rollins was out there on Miz TV, and uh, Brock's music hit, but uh, he never actually came out, Um, and he, he almost went into the ring, but he didn't. He went off in the backstage area and just kind of hung out. So Seth was saying, look, I'm sick of this. Just cash in already. I'm sick of waiting. I'm sick of this pressure on my back. And uh, later in the show, he went out to the ring to say exactly that. And while he was in the ring, Brock's music hit. He didn't come out. It hit again. He didn't come out. But Baron Corbin came out and got into a scuffle with Seth. Uh, Brock's music hit again, distracted Seth, eats an end of days from Baron Corbin. And then Brock came out and I'll put, it, I'll put it mildly here, beat the unholy hell out of Seth Rollins. The unholy, chairs, F5s onto chairs, just brutality. Seth gets taken away in an ambulance. Meanwhile, the entire time he's getting beaten up, Paul Heyman is screaming at Brock, cash in, cash in, cash in. And Brock's like, nah, I'm going to do it Friday. Okay. So, okay. Nick, <clears throat> I would like you to explain to me the logic behind making it writing writing the show so that Brock Lesnar a doesn't know that he has a year to cash in the money in the bank briefcase b doesn't seem interested in like wants to show up but then doesn't cash it in and you'd assume he's playing mind games but then he comes down to the ring and murders Seth Rollins and doesn't cash in but says he's going to do it now not on the night he said he was but on Friday at Super Showdown um what right. where Seth already has a match against Baron Corbin. What's what is could you explain the logic here to me? Uh ratings to get Brock Lesnar back on TV because Vince is convinced that he is the only thing that draws uh, on on Monday Night Raw apparently. So I I don't know other than that I, now, do, I, I do really you think have this no is, idea. I, I wish I did. Like I wish I had a line story something that's like being well told that has some like logical connections here that you can make or is this does it feel like they're writing this on the fly? Uh, it feels like they're writing this on the fly. I, it, and listen, I kind of want to make a blanket statement here. I, I, I enjoyed this Raw from beginning to end. It, it, the, the commentary felt better. Uh, they were actually leading into matches and explaining some of the 
the psychology around some of the things and the thought process and the writing. And I, I, I enjoyed this one for the first time in a, in a pretty long time. The, 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 what they did with the money in the bank contract, I just can't get over because if it's not a surprise cash in, I'm, I just, I don't like this approach. I, I just, I'm maybe, well, oh, I'm I, think it, I think it comes down I, to I, the fact that you know? as you and I agreed last year with Braun Strowman, this year with Brock Lesnar, you're giving it to two guys who could get a title shot regardless of the money. Like They don't need the briefcase. They could get a title shot just by earning yeah. it, by beating someone up, or just being you know, big guys, uh, both in, in stature and in presence in the company. They're not guys who need the briefcase to be elevated. So when they then don't use it as a surprise cash-in, and instead they use it as a way to say, well, I'm going to have my match when and wherever I want, like get a little bit of leverage on when I get my match, it, it does take away from that excitement factor. And it makes it more kind of like, oh, God. It's kind of what they're turning into, which is, would you just cash in already? We're sick of it. Like, it's not making us more excited for yeah. the cash in. It's just a please get it over with uh, kind of. Well, if I can play devil's advocate for a second, I do like the, the Seth Rollins sort of paranoia thing that, that is the element there. I, I, I do dig that to an well, extent. Well, and also, is that really the kind of way you want to present Seth Rollins as a guy who's just, oh, I'm really nervous about when the beast is going to get me. Like I'm a I'm a fighting champ, but I can't fight anybody else because every time I do, I got the beast looking over my shoulder. Eh, I don't think that's the best way to sell him. But yeah. at any rate, uh, moving on, we had some other stuff yeah, on the show. Know. You thought it was a good raw. This this raw actually kind of hurt my soul a little bit. I just was I couldn't connect to a lot of it. The, now there was man. good stuff, but there I, there's a lot of stuff I just couldn't connect to, and there's some stuff. Oh, it's such good oh god shit. that. <laughs> It's never, never going to go, go away. away. It's going to be it's eternal. So good. It's 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 seriously. It's the new you're fired. Uh, Roman Reigns, Roman <laughs> Reigns, Roman Reigns. He uh, he came out to the ring. He got smack talked to him by Shane, who then called out Drew McIntyre. They stared him down. Apparently, there was a match schedule. This is the top of the show. We knew there was a match scheduled. It was Shane McIntyre and the Revival, or was it McIntyre and the Revival with Shane Ring? Yeah, McIntyre Revival with the Shane Ringside. Uh, versus the Usos and Roman. We knew there was going to be a match. Right. That's just how they built into it. Uh, Shane and McIntyre smack talk to Roman. Roman gets jumped from behind by the Revival. Usos come out for the save. Then we have a match. This is building up for Roman's match with Shane right. at Super Showdown. And as we found, his match with uh, Drew McIntyre at Stomping Grounds, the next pay-per-view up in Tacoma, Washington. Um, so this ended up being a fairly entertaining... I mean, you had the Usos and the Revival in the ring together along with McIntyre and Reigns. That's a lot of talent. It was actually a fairly entertaining match. But, you know, it's it ended with Roman getting beaten down, took an ate, ate a Claymore kick and a shatter machine, left him laying, and Shane just, you know, gave him a pretty weak-looking spear afterwards and made fun of him, and that was the segment. So, once again, we're in the position where Roman's the underdog. He's, he's got to overcome these odds. We're back to this again. For all of the time that they spent with this, did this seem like another retread or was there something exciting here for you no well hey <laughs> you asked me the second question i was about to say hell no i hated all that but wait uh i'll jump in early and say that the pre-show for super showdown this friday is the usos versus the revival that that my friend i am i'm excited about if we can get some storyline around it if it reinvigorates yeah. the raw tag okay. division uh-huh. The whole uh, yet another top card superstar versus Shane. <laughs> I just couldn't care less at this right. point. I'm so done and over Shane at this point. 
But incidentally, um, I got a couple stats here for you as far as the uh, tag division is concerned. The oh current boy. Raw Tag Team Champions, Kurt Hawkins and Zack Ryder, uh, they won the titles back at WrestleMania, April 7th. They've had one defense on TV. They've had seven at house shows, but they've had one defense on TV. And it was, that was the day after WrestleMania. So they have not defended on TV since April 8th. The SmackDown Tag Team Champions are Daniel Bryan and uh, Eric Rowan. Or sorry, just sorry, Rowan. Uh, they won the titles a month later on May 7th. They have defended it zero times. They've had it for a month exactly as of today, uh, as of tomorrow. Zero defenses, but they've had five on house shows. The women's, the women's Tag Team Champions are the Iconics. They've been in a ton of matches singles matches they've only defended the title once since wrestlemania again april 7th they've had 14 defenses including house shows so 13 in house shows one on tv but that last defense april 9th let that sink in so just is this vince being a bigot of tag team wrestling again apparently have we come full circle on that whole yeah thing? i mean i'm not gonna throw it out there that tag team wrestling got absolutely buried at the end of wcw's reign and that uh, Bischoff was not a fan of tag team wrestling. I'm not going to throw that out there, although I just kind of did. But I'm just, <laughs> I'm not saying, I'm just saying. Um, right. But yes, yes, Nick, the Usos and the Revival on the pre-show at Super Showdown, I'm sure it will be a baller match. It'll actually probably be a good match. It's just, again, they just it's, didn't do anything. I think it'll be a good match. They didn't do anything It might stand it. to be one of the better matches on the card, frankly. <laughs> That's As far as from a technical standpoint, sure. But anyway, uh, we also had on the show Charlotte, because, you know, Charlotte has to be on everything now. Wild card rule. Right. Charlotte had a match with Lacey Evans. Becky Lynch came out to the ring, cut a promo about how she's going to kick anyone's ass who comes for her. Lacey Evans came out to say, uh, well, mm, I'm coming for you. And then Charlotte came out to interrupt this and got into it with Lacey Evans. They had a match while Becky just sat outside going, oh, well, have fun with your match there. I'll just sit out here and hold my belt. Ha, ta, 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 ta. So what did you think about the fact that we can't seem to get away from blondes having matches in the ring, even ones that aren't on the show? This is going to be a theme, by the way, when we get to SmackDown. But yeah, uh, what did you think about that? Like, was, Definitely was this something that was engaging for you, having Charlotte and Lacey lock up? Engaging? Not so much. I wasn't sure whether it was a opportunity to have Becky just jump in at the end, and this was all built to be... to to highlight Becky and whatever her next opponent is going to be. Um, but at the same time, it was kind of ugly by, uh, by Lacey Evans. It was a bit of, it, there was yeah. uh, there was a lot of botchiness in there. Some good intensity. I mean, there was, there was, there was stuff I liked in it. I thought that there was definitely moments where they were going hard at each other and Lacey's very game. Um, there's some of her moves that they have to let connect though. They don't look good when she misses and they look botchy when she misses, but my big issue with this, again, was you've got Lacey and Charlotte doing this while people are out there literally chanting, we want Becky in the audience. You know, like they, we're, we're not get like the whole yeah. thing. Oh, back in December, you guys are the authority. We're going to give you what you want. We're getting what Vince wants. He wants to see two statuesque blondes fighting in the ring. You know what I mean? Like that's not people want to see Becky getting into a storyline, getting actually getting into it. This was just her kind of being window dressing. So, and there's, it's not like she's the only woman on this card. They don't need to call up Charlotte from SmackDown for this. They've got tons of other women who are waiting for things to do. And we got another women's match on the show, but it was still, well, this is, this is going to be an ongoing theme. We'll get into more of this later on 
in the show. I wanted to get to something else that was controversial this week because we went back to an old WWE trope and had ourselves an old-fashioned arm wrestling match. Arm wrestling on WWE. Now, this is not a new thing. There's been lots of, of arm wrestling matches in the past. Mark Henry was, was having them all the time in like between, oh God, like the Hall of Painter, like 2008 to 2013, like around there. Mark Henry was having them with everybody. He had them with um, like uh, all the way from Rusev, Sheamus. I, th- I think John Cena, he had one with him. Cesaro. Um, I remember that uh, there was the one match. It was great. Kali versus Triple H. And it was like a, a glass arm wrestling. So this is, there's, there's precedent for an arm wrestling match. And frankly, the two guys they had doing this, which is Braun Strowman and Lashley, I thought was a good choice. Nick, after this, I actually, I liked this segment. This segment, I, I came around on it. It was actually very entertaining. It was something new. And both these guys came out of this looking pretty, Lashley came out of this looking fierce, like he could st- like step to Braun Strowman, even though he lost the actual arm wrestling match. He still looked like he could hang in there with Braun Strowman and the attack afterwards where he threw chalk in Braun's eyes and attacked him. And by the way, gave him a power slam. It was, that was, that looked great. Yeah. What did you think about the segment? I, I thought this was a lot of fun. Um, I'm not normally big on little spots like this, but it was different than just another episode of Ms. TV or some uh, K, the KO show or whatever the hell it might be next. Uh, I, I actually enjoyed this. I liked the slap at the opening and then the throwing of the table. I liked the chalk in the eye. I, l- yes. I liked all of the little the dramatic elements. You know, Bobby Lashley's eyes bulging out like he was uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger that just got exposed <laughs> to the atmosphere on Mars in Total Recall. Reference there for you guys. Um, no, th- that I was you. I got you. That was uh, this was a fun spot. Um, it was it was nice to break things up. I don't. Know, I still don't know what to do with Bobby Lashley, other than give him strength spots, which this kind this, of was tailor made. Do for. this, yeah. And also, it was also showing off his kind of a hole personality, like with how cocky he was about it, um, getting in Braun's face. Like this is the Bobby Lashley I want to see. I went from being completely cold on this Lashley Strowman thing to you know what this this was this got over with me. I thought this was entertaining, and it's it's funny because. And as much as I kind of wanted to hate on the concept, it's already it got five million views on YouTube in a day, wow. one day. You know, so take that for what it is. I mean, you know, obviously, I'd, I'd be curious to know where these hits are coming from, because conversely, the next thing I wanted to talk about was Ricochet versus Cesaro. They've been trading matches back and forth for the last few weeks, having amazing matches every time, pure wrestling matches. Uh, this week, they had another fantastic wrestling match that was interrupted by, at one point, Cesaro went for a table. He pulled a table off from underneath the ring, and hilariously, our truth was just lying on the table like, oh, hey, what's up? Uh, just under the ring, hiding his 24-7 belt, which was a great little spot. And then, of course, 24-7 insanity ensued, and they went running off, and then Ricochet beat Cesaro. 300,000 views on YouTube. 300,000. Almost, Very telling. You know, relative to the arm wrestling match, Nobody watched that. So now, is this the fan base essentially proving Vince McMahon right? We, we've, we've learned, we've known this for a while, but it was confirmed in the John Moxley interview that Vince doesn't like just pure wrestling. He wants a story. Even if you're doing a wrestling match, there has to be a story. Work the leg, work the back, 
uh, he, you know, tease him about the time that he hit your dad, whatever it is. <laughs> is this another example where people, you know, there wasn't really a story for Ricochet Cesaro, but it was a fantastic wrestling match, but nobody really watched it relative to, a, you know, a showcase uh, of, you know, like the, kind of like the freak show, Braun Strowman and Bobby Lashley, these two enormous guys arm wrestling. Like is that is this is it proving Vince right? That's a you know that's an interesting introspective kind of question that we could talk about for a really long time. I don't think it's proving him right. I think it's just a little bit of a breakup from the typical monotony uh, that we're used to dealing with uh, in the thing. I mean, we have basically, if you think about this long term, we have basically seen more or less the same booking for at least the last two for as long as we've been doing this show, give or take. You know, a little bit of a plus or minus in there, right? At least as well, long as we've been doing that, this. Show. Yes, but so I, right. uh, I, I don't know. That's an. I mean, is it good? Is it getting five million views? Do people like big fans, big strength things that get a lot of viral? That has a viral sense to it to be passed around the internet. Yeah. There's also the concept that they probably promoted the shit out of this on social media. Yeah, every once in a while. Kinds of stuff. So a lot of those views are probably coming in from there. You know, they probably tweeted the exactly. shit out of it. That's going to draw a lot of hits and clicks. So I don't know, man. That's I don't know if it's proving anything right or if it's just, you know, good social media well, at the end of the day. Or it's just Vince is a good businessman. You know what I mean? He knows the business and the business is he you know, throw some spectacle out there every once in a while. And uh, then they will come, and that's what he's doing. And unfortunately, a lot of the casual audience isn't in it for the wrestling either. They're in it for the spectacle. So it's yeah. it's there's got to be a happy medium, I feel. Um, that being said, speaking of things that were surprising, we had a couple of other things that were definitely out of left field and that I liked a lot because of that. Triple H and Randy Orton had a promo off, which on paper I was dreading. I'm like, oh, God. Triple H is going to pontificate for half an hour. Randy's going to be out there being being Randy and making me feel gross inside. Um, but instead, Triple H basically came out and said, there's nothing else to say. We've seen this all before. We know how this goes. I'm going to kick your ass in Jetta. Okay, cool. And leaves. And Randy goes, hold on a second, Hunter. Before you go, I want to ask you something. Uh, have you ever gotten your balls out of Stephanie's purse or something to that effect? And Triple H <laughs> stops. And Randy just cracks up. Like At this point, it feels like they want, like Randy went off script. And yeah. essentially challenged Triple H to go off script back at him, which Triple H was very happy to do and went on a, a long back monologue. Went, okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Let's do this. You want to talk about my testicles? Let's talk about my testicles. And so he did. He went on a, a nice little promo about how big his balls were. And, uh, and then said that Randy Orton didn't have any. This is a, it was a lot funnier than I'm making it out to be. It was really fun because it felt genuine. It felt unscripted. It felt like a fun little moment that these two guys have known each other forever. Like Randy kind of got Triple H. I don't know if it was scripted or not. If it was scripted, these guys did a great job of making it feel off the cuff. But if it wasn't scripted, it just proves how much better off the script moments can be. Even though it's a little kayfabe breaking, but I don't care. It was fun. It was funny, and it injected a little bit of excitement into this show. It was one of the few like lighter parts of the show for me. So, right. Um, also, we had something else exciting: the Firefly Funhouse. the The Firefly Funhouse this week, Nick. Oh, the Firefly Funhouse. Um, uh, I can't uh, remember the last time I nearly laughed myself into uh, a coma 
As hard as I did this week, when I saw puppet Vince McMahon with his arms, puppet arms flailing in front of an LED board. And his devil horns. I had had to actually pause the show because I had had tears. I couldn't catch my breath and I had tears running down my face. If you haven't seen the bit, that's the laugh. That's the laugh out loud kind of funny stuff like Team America or something along those lines. This whole thing was hilarious, and it was it was also meta at the same time, which is why I think it's brilliant. You had Bray Wyatt doing Firefly Funhouse, and this week it was all about exercise. And he was in a tank top and a little sweatband, and he was there with um, what would he call the pig, Husker the pig, Husky, something like Husky Harris, right? Something something yeah. that was reminiscent of his old debuting Huskus Huskus the pig. Uh, his debut gimmick, which was Husky Harris, which was uh, <laughs> bad. Um, and the pig was just gorging himself, and he was saying, oh, no, you, you, know, you, can't, you have to take care of yourself, otherwise you're going to get in trouble. And sure enough, Vince McMahon puppet pops his head through the door and says, get in shape, or you're, you're... And Bray cuts him off and says, don't worry, I'll get him in shape. And they go into a workout, dance routine, 80s something that I can't I can't even <laughs> I can't properly describe because it was so insane and it was amazing it was am- more of and it I loved it for it never ever let Bray back in the ring again just have him do these bits in perpetuity seriously like I ugh. I'm I'm scared now when he gets back in the ring because these things are so brilliant I don't know how he's going to get this to continue once he's once he's you know wrestling again, this stuff is so brilliant. Like w- w- the right. the meta way he's taking shots at himself, at the uh, like the funny little ways of tweaking the company, Vince in particular. Um, yeah, it's it's just it's fascinating, and it's we haven't really seen how that tied into the larger picture. He's or the, you know the the world he's creating here, but I don't care. He can at this point he's shown he can do so much with this world he's created. Um, and it's a lot more malleable and a lot more fun than the Bray Wyatt character ever was. I mean, Bray was very straightforward, very cool, very sinister, but it was not this. This is fun and entertaining. So, man, big, big round of applause for Firefly Funhouse this week. Good Lord. So, yeah, no kidding. Yeah. Absolutely fantastic. Yeah, that, that was probably the best one yet, in my opinion. I, my opinion, too. I definitely, they, they keep in getting better and better, except for the one week where he was doing clips because he had a baby. Uh, speaking of babies, Ray Mysterio's got a kid named Dominic, and we probably won't be seeing him for a while because Ray had to relinquish the U.S. title that he just won in a, in a crap match where Samoa Joe had his shoulders up. Uh, and he, apparently, Ray legit got injured in that match, separated his shoulder, so he had to relinquish the title. Back to Samoa Joe. And this was just a bit where Ray came out, started to relinquish it. Joe came out to gloat and uh, took the belt and then beat Ray down. And that was that. Is this kind of disappointing looking back at what could have been back when this was this included Andrade and R-Truth and it ended up coming down to Joe and Ray? And I don't know about you, it was kind of disappointing to me how this feud had ended up. Um is, is it tough to look at what could have been, or do we see this as a good jumping-off point now for Joe because he looks even stronger? Uh, I don't think Joe should have ever lost it in the first place, so I'm a little bit torn. Um, but, but just going with the things that, that happened here, 
Uh, I liked this. I liked that he still put him in the coquina clutch, even though he had a shoulder strap on, which was probably fine. Um, I, I think it's ironic that he goes out with a shoulder injury um, when Joe's the one that injured. He ends up giving the belt back to Joe, pinned him falsely when Joe's shoulder wasn't on the mat, and then Ray ends up ironically going out with a shoulder injury yeah. only to give the belt right back to, to Joe. I don't think he ever should have lost it in the first place. But it is what it is now, and let's move forward. I'd love to see Joe reinstitute the Open Challenge. I'd love to see us get back to some of the things that we've had that we liked over the last few years. With the U.S. title, there hasn't been much. You know, Rusev riding into WrestleMania with a tank was probably the last great thing around it. Yeah, Who? exactly. Um, Who? Rusev. Ru- Ru- who? Husev. Husev? <laughs> who, Hashtag Husev. Yeah. I think I've heard of him. Um, so I, I'd love to see. I want to see what's going to happen next. Get Ray out of the picture. I don't know. Let's throw. Uh, let's, well, we can't do Andrade. Uh, I don't know. Wild card rule now, right? I mean, hell. <laughs> could be anybody. Could, happen. could be anybody. It's, it, the, the brands are pretty much, you know, one brand at this point. We'll get into that. I've, I've got things to complain about with that. Over on SmackDown. We'll get to that in a second. In the meantime, uh, let's talk about the fact that Lucha House Party has a match with Lars Sullivan uh, this Friday. And the crowd goes wild. Uh, They basically just fended him off this week. They got into the ring together and they fended him off. That's pretty much all there was to that. It's kind of the laziest of all of the bookings for the matches that they have at Super Showdown, which is saying something. Uh, We also had a match. Nikki Cross had a match with Peyton Royce. Uh, this was, I don't know. It was a, kind of a whole bunch of nothing. You had uh, Alexa bliss hanging out ringside, drinking her coffee, which is apparently her new gimmick. Uh, she was wearing white pants. And so when she fell into the coffee, they got Brown. Ooh. Uh, and then ultimately, <laughs> uh, Nikki beat Peyton Royce and then she and Alexa celebrated backstage. So apparently this is a thing going forward. I wonder if Alexa is going to get into the tag team picture with Nikki um, I would wonder that more if what happened on SmackDown hadn't happened. Uh, I guess the other question is, right. are we still bearing the Iconics in singles matches and what happened to Asuka and Kyrie and the team that shall not be named? Mm, that's, I, again, tag, yeah, tag division. That's kind of where I'm at We, we have no idea. We, I think to answer your question about Alexa, uh, we'll tag answer division. that on SmackDown. But... With regards to the rest of the women's tag division, I, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> Again, much like the Raw tag division, at least we've got Usos and Revival to be excited All about. Right. The women's one is, you know, as much as I wanted the belts on the Iconics, they have not done them justice at all, no, frankly. No, it's, it's complete mess. Uh, and something else that I, you could either look at as a potential mess in waiting, or it could be legendary. And that is the fact that to close out Raw, Undertaker showed up. Had a nice long entrance, came out, and pretty quickly cut a promo on Goldberg saying, well, essentially, you're next, and you're going to rest in peace. All right. Uh, honestly, the Taker promo kind of left me cold, but they definitely they picked, they picked up some, sma- uh, some slack. They picked up some slack on SmackDown. Anyway, you know where I'm going with this. Uh, I, I don't really want to talk about this Taker appearance until we talk about the Goldberg appearance, but to talk about that, we're going to go have to talk about SmackDown Live. Deliver on SmackDown Live to uh, juxtapose the appearance of Undertaker on Monday Night Raw. We had 
uh, Goldberg. Mm. Goldberg closed out the show, but we're going to talk about yes. that first uh, over on SmackDown yes. Live. Yes, I, I, you actually texted me to say that uh, when this happened. So, uh, typical Goldberg, excuse me, Oldberg entrance uh, comes out of the room in the back, walks out to the arena, everyone chanting Goldberg, Goldberg, Goldberg. He comes out and uh, cuts a promo on Undertaker. It's pretty straightforward. Uh, he's saying that Undertaker is gonna says he's gonna take me out. Well, I'm gonna take him out. Um, but then the gong hit, bong, and the Undertaker was in the ring. And Goldberg laughs when he realizes Undertaker's behind him. He turns around, and Undertaker's there, and they go nose to nose. And as they touch noses sensually, the lights go out again. And when they come back up, Undertaker's gone. And Goldberg is left alone in the ring, and he says, Undertaker, bring your biggest jock strap and make sure that sucker's tight because I'm going to kick your ass in Saudi Arabia. All right. I, I have to admit, Nick, I, mm, I, got a little bit of, I got a little bit of the chills when Goldberg turned around, and it was Goldberg and Undertaker, profile, profile, looking at each other. Aside from that, I, was, I have to admit, that was just kind of like, oh, God, oh, this is going to be bad. This is going to be bad. You liked this, though? I, I marked the hell out. The, the 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 shot of Goldberg <laughs> turning around and just laughing that of course Undertaker appeared right behind me of course he did that made me yeah um, that was good uh, just kind of oh my goosebumps have goosebumps you know <gasps> uh, so so eloquently stated by Corey yeah. Graves no this was um this is one of those legends matches honestly at the end of the day this is just one of those legends matches that we we dare I say have to endure. But we need to appreciate the legacy of at the same time. <laughs> oh, jeez. So it's it's going to be there. Is there any way this match is going to be a good match? Okay, could it be? Could it be good, or is it just going to be a couple of entrances and then a bunch of like nostalgia spots? Maybe, maybe. I don't know. I'm 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 nervous. This this just. I mean, this is just a cash in. They're getting a bunch of money for this match. That's it. I'm I'm not really excited about it at all. I had that one moment of being like. Oh, that's kind of cool. The kid in me is like, wow, I never thought I'd see that. And then the rest of it, I'm just, meh. <laughs> you know what was, was actually really touching to me? What it really got me was the very top of the show where Kofi Kingston came out and said, he, I'm just back from Ghana. I went to Ghana for the first time in 26 years, you know, since I was a kid. Um, and I returned as the WWE champion. And they showed, it was a pretty quick little video bit, but there's, there's a lot bigger one online. But even the one that they showed on WWE TV was just absolutely um, amazing, heartwarming, and um, you really got the sense that like it meant so much to Kofi and so much to the people of Ghana. Um, you know, obviously you can edit whatever you want into video packages, but there was emotions in this that you cannot fake. Uh, just the people in, in Ghana being so proud of him and like so excited that he was there and. You know, and it is a f- pretty damn big deal when you think about it in those in that context. So, yeah, there's 30 yeah, million and, people in that country, and they, they it looked like they were all in they, the they video. They the, all showed up to the king for Kofi King. The king was like, "Good job, my friend!" Like that was awesome. It was so cool. Yeah, I just no wish that the segment afterwards had lived up to it because then Dolph came out in the middle of this heartwarming bit to try and get his heat on, you know, and and say, "I respect you, Kofi," but it should have been. It should have been me. Oh, oh God. Um, I I <sighs> like the way Dolph is presenting this like whiny 
character. But the problem with this was is they didn't just let the two guys talk at each other. Instead, they literally had a video package off. They literally had <laughs> Dolph go, it should have been me. J- just watch. And he p- turns around and points to the, v- the video monitor. And they play a package about like all the things he's done. And Kofi's like, oh, yeah, well, check this out. And they play a package of all the things that Kofi's done. And then Dolph goes, well, remember this? And it shows him beating up Kofi. And it was like they had it all. You know, it didn't make sense. And they called it on a commentary. These guys had all these packages like lined up just in case. But then also, it's like you classically wrestling has been sold by the wrestlers and their personalities in their mouths. This is not that. This is two guys who are capable, completely capable of doing that. There's a history between these guys, which they referenced, but that wasn't what they based this whole segment on. They based it on a bunch of video clips, Nick. But but is this a, and, is this a showing of a lack of confidence by the backstage crew? or Vince, or anyone in these two guys. Like, Dolph's one well, of your if best so, mic guys. Fools. And you, have, you, yeah. have, you relegate if, him to video, pointing at a screen for two video packages? Come no, on, if guys. You can, if you can't trust these guys, then just quit. <laughs> because these are two of your best guys for this. Yep. So, it's... That, that I don't think it is. I think it's just the creative philosophy that they have, that they feel like they need to show... Uh, in this, and, and, and you know, typically in storytelling, oh, show don't tell. But in this situation, no, these guys are storytellers. Have them tell me why I should watch their match. Don't show me video packages. Don't show me recaps. Don't show me previously on SmackDown Live. I don't want that. That's not what I'm uh, wrestling. But still, like as a, from a storytelling standpoint, yeah. that's not the best way to get this across. It really isn't, and it, it, it no. undercut this segment a bit. Yeah, um, it, it did. Uh, and and it, frankly, the Dolph thing's kind of starting to wear on me already. As much as I like the gimmick for him, uh, it feels like a repeat of the thing from two years ago where he's coming out to the record scratch and no music at all. And, you know, it, me, 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 me. Uh, at I least show off back. I know. I leave me wrestling. <laughs> at least, but you're right. right. At least, at least they dropped the record scratch, which I think only was ever successful a handful of times um, as a, as a concept. But you know, they they've kept this whiny, entitled Dolph Ziggler character, which isn't fun. And it's 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 a guy who is supremely talented and could do so much with something better. Uh, and th- this is just in it. This is not. What's going to get him over? He's doing his best with it, bless his heart. But it's it, this is not what's going to get him over, and it's not making anyone excited for this match, um, unfortunately. And and even though we had a match after this bit, like went right into it with Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn coming out and having a tag match against uh, Kofi and Xavier Woods, um, we you know, and it was it was a fine it was fine it was a fine match, and uh, ultimately you know at the end of the match. Ziggler comes out and attacks Kofi and beats him down. Okay, happens again. Uh, right. More heat for Super Showdown. But that's kind of, I think that's kind of my point is you've got, again, we've got Kevin Owen and Sami Zayn's, Sami Zayn's, Kevin Owen and Sami Zayn's, Sasha Banks? <laughs> Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn, who are essentially just here as placeholders and window dressing. Yeah. And the Ziggler Kofi thing is the, you know, that's what's really going on. But they're not, it's again, it's not being done in a way that's engaging. And it could have been. It, it could so easily be because of the history these guys have. So it's, it's, yeah. it's a little sad. It's not doing... It's doing... It's, Kofi still looks good. Kofi's going to come out of this looking good because he's going to... You know, he'll probably win it at Super Showdown and come out looking strong. Yeah. 
uh, like he took out another challenger, and he's standing up to guys. So Kofi's going to be fine because of this, but I do feel bad for everybody else. Do you think there's any chance at all, quick sidebar, any chance at all that the, the whole Brock thing is a swerve where he comes after Kofi in the WWE Championship? I would love that. Instead. I would not love that because I think Kofi should keep it for a long time. But I would love that in theory as a swerve um, because that would make more sense. It, it still doesn't, a lot, all the things that Brock does, has done still don't make sense. But sure. it would make a little bit more sense where you're like, oh, he's playing mind games with Seth, but he really was psyching out Kofi. You know what I mean? Like, that actually would work. Making him not sure, think about it. exactly. Yeah. Fine. Yeah. But that being said, that's, that's a whole other can of beef I just don't want to get into. Because um, we have to get into a moment of bliss. Because Alexa Bliss was one of the wild cards. One of the many, many, many wild cards on SmackDown this week. So many wild, so many, so many of the four wild cards we had, like, what, six or seven? They've already, they've oh, already uh, more than thrown that once their, we got to something that yeah, happened a little bit their, later. And we'll get to that. All right. So moment of bliss <laughs> Oh, with Bailey, which right off the bat should make anybody who's been watching WWE for the last few years cringe because you remember the last time that Bailey and Alexa Bliss were together was a debacle, to put it mildly. Um, and this was not much better. It was Alexa complaining about her coffee and Bailey looking like a goober waiting around for Alexa to do something, finally getting pissed off and slapping the coffee out of Alexa's hand, which was nice. We see like a little bit more of a fierce Bailey. I dug that. But then the interruption started. Carmella came out to interrupt the segment. And of course, because it seems to be like her new thing, Charlotte came out to interrupt the segment. And Charlotte says, well, my good friend Shane, boo, heat, boo. Uh, my good friend Shane says there are now going to be a number one contendership match for Bailey's title, and it's going to be Carmella versus me versus Alexa Bliss because, you know, hey, wild card rule, why not? So then we have this match, which... Now, going into this, there was no way in hell I thought they were well, going to give this to Alexa Bliss. Be, be, I want to I state that. Because she's a raw superstar! We just saw her have a match where it looked like afterwards they were going to form a tag team with Nikki Cross, and all of a sudden Alexa's over on SmackDown having an interview segment. And then because it turned into a number one contendership. And then we've got Mandy Rose Mandy, and Sonya Deville coming out to the ring, interfering, getting getting some uh, physicality with Carmella, because apparently they have beef with Carmella. All right. Um, You know, because we didn't have all of our blondes out there at once. We had to get Mandy Rose out there somehow. Um, So... First, we have Charlotte beat Southern Charlotte on Monday night. And then on Tuesday night, we have Charlotte uh, in a match with mini Charlotte and uh, Hoochie Mama Charlotte and being stared at outside the ring by sexy Charlotte. And Charlotte doesn't win because Alexa sneaks up on Carmella and gives her a DDT after getting you know, messed with by Mandy and Sonya. Alexa Bliss, a Raw superstar, now has a title shot against Bayley on SmackDown because there's no other women waiting in the wings. At all. Right. What? I'm going to quote DJ Butters from the chat. Three women that have done nothing to earn a number one contenders match Ooh. have a number one contenders match. Ooh, hot. Ooh, shade. Ooh, I'm, you I'm feel so the hot. shade? I'm so hot over? about this. This, is, this makes me insane. <laughs> not, not only, like, okay, so not only is this, does this make me crazy because, you know, it's it's defies like, like honestly, yes. Wildcard rule. We wanted it to be exciting where raw superstars can come and snake a, a title from somewhere else. Mm, but like, it's it's everything wrong with the wild cards rule. Is 
you have people that are deserving, people that are interesting on this show, and instead of giving them something to do, you have someone from another brand that's obviously a chosen one, and they get to come in and have the big matches. You know what I mean? I mean, yes, is Charlotte involved in the title picture anymore? No, but she was involved in the in the number one contenders match. She was on Raw. It's like Roman being in a ma- in a match with Shane, not for a title. It's still like they're giving it so much time. It's still like getting so much time on the card. There's so many other women that should have time. Carmella, sure, give her a title match against Bailey. Remember Ember Moon? She's around there somewhere. Like what? The- Na- Naomi, she's busy. Naomi, reading. dye your Homer hair blonde, girl. Naomi, go blonde girl. It's the only way you're getting a title shot. Yeah. I'm just saying this right now. Anyway, this is this. Oh, and it, and number two, Alexa Bliss and Bailey. Is it the only way I can get behind this is if this is their way of saying we're going to redeem Bailey for the last one for for Bailey. This is your life for the kendo stick on a pole match. We're going to have this feud to redeem Bailey from last time. If that's the philosophy, if that's the philosophy going on backstage, I might be able to get more behind it. Yeah. That's it. That's the only way. Well, I don't know. If, 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 who's after Alexa Bliss? I mean, because I, I don't see Bailey dropping this to Alexa Bliss. Um, so oh, oh, I'm, I'm I, hoping I that beyond happening. that. <laughs> you don't see that happening? I don't I think see there's that a distinct happening, possibility. Though. Oh, it's, man. It's possible. But I mean, how are you, how are you going to get at Charlotte in a match with another heel? Oh. That's kind uh, of a jab at Charlotte. Anyway, I, well, uh, who, by I, the way, who, by the way, let's just to be clear, to be clear, I, I don't like the fact that, that she's being used all over the place. You have other women use them. But if you're going to use someone all over the place, I, Charlotte is amazing. She's fantastic. Just her presence, everything like she is head and shoulders above most of the other women there. So I get it. But you have a big roster. God damn it. Use it. No so, kidding. Just throw them, throwing that out there. Uh, speaking of Shane and Roman Reigns, <clears throat> so remember what we were saying, Nick, about the wild card rule? <laughs> yeah. So uh, and else? I was like, wait, didn't wait? We're going to see this again? Didn't yeah. we just see this on Monday Night Raw? So, and it was pretty much the same exact thing. It was like the almost exact same thing. They even replayed the Monday Night Raw beatdown, and then they had almost the exact same thing happen again where Roman got beat down and Shane speared him and blah, blah, blah. And not only that, we had all the same guys, which is funny because you're supposed to have four superstars from the other brand. And yet, on this show, not only did we have Alexa Bliss, Drew McIntyre, Dolph Ziggler, what brand is he on? We don't know. Sami Zayn. We also had The Revival. Plus, later on, we had a match where there was a bunch of Raw superstars in a lumberjack match sitting at the side of the ring. None of it's explained. It's just, ah, they won't, they don't, they're not counting. The fans aren't counting how many people. It's a rule, but it's not really a rule rule. Right. It's just, it just proves the wildcard rule is just a, a sad excuse for them to join the brands without actually joining the brands. And it's, it's, this, it's the kind of stuff that makes the, so this is something that I've been, I'm, I'm a slight tangent, Nick. Go with me on a okay. trip here. Go with me on a trip. I've got I've got one too. So let's, okay. yeah, let's go down Excellent. this road. Excellent. Yeah, because I really don't I don't really don't want to talk about Shane and Roman again. Because <laughs> you know why? I'm so bored with Roman Reigns. Ah. <laughs> um. So I'm going to talk about something else instead, and that is this idea that WWE doesn't really give a shit what its fans think. Um. And they obviously still have a lot of fans. They're getting still getting two million views a week on their on their primary shows. They're still the most popular wrestling company in the world. 
there's lots of people that still watch it and enjoy it. And you know what? More power to them because they are putting out a product that is for some people. And, and as we always talk about in our Facebook discussion group, like, like what you like. It's cool. We're going to disagree. And, and discussing those disagreements are what make it a vibrant and interesting group. And that's what we want to foster here on this show is yep. intelligent discussion about things we disagree on, not sniping and calling each other a-holes and all that. That's not what this is about. No, it's not Sky Cake. You can, it's not, not Sky, Sky Cake. Cake. You, cannot like, you can like Roman Reigns. You cannot like Roman Reigns. It's cool. I can see both sides of it and totally get it. it, it what they're doing with them bores me to tears, but that's a whole other thing. The end of, at the end of the day, WWE is going for certain people. There are, there are fans of wrestling that are hardcore fans of wrestling that want to see good wrestling matches. They want to see technical stuff. They want to see stories that follow from A to B. And there are people that just want to sit back and just enjoy what's on their TV and like, oh, look, they're fighting again. And they're going to fight this weekend. And that's kind of, oh, that was a good move. You know what I mean? They don't, the, the investment, and, that's, and it's fine, by the way. You don't have to, I mean, we're, you and me, we're nerds, Nick. Like, we, we throw a ton of investment into this. That's why we have a show. Yes. Um, yes. But it's okay not to as well. It's okay to have it be your release. You're just, you know, I just want to sit back and not think. That's okay, too. And that's kind of what I think WWE is counting on is like, okay, look, yes, it's a wild card rule. That way we can have the people that you want to see more on both shows. Don't think about it too hard. That's kind of what, where this is at. So I'm looking at it from that standpoint and going, you know what? If you're one of those fans that just wants to be entertained and see some, like, some cool spots and, hey, there's those guys from Raw. Oh, they're teaming up on Roman Reigns, those bastards. Cool. Here, there you go. You're getting what you want. You know what I mean? And WWE is very good at it. And they're still doing some things that are very entertaining that will, that will, I think, fill both metrics for the hardcores and for the casuals, um, which, you know, two terms that are very broad terms. So I don't know. What do you, what do you think, yeah. Nick? Do you, do you agree with me on that? Like that, that this is stuff that, that obviously so, enough people enjoy that they're still watching it. And like people that are getting up in arms about this and saying, oh, WWE sucks and all this. Well, the show may not be for you then. You know, and there's other alternatives that are out there that are coming because that's just not like that's not what WWE cares about. So I, I have a I agree with you for the most part that they're uh, they're going to Vince has always done oh, yeah. his own thing <laughs> and it's been mostly rewarding throughout the last 30 years. It's been mostly rewarding for the company, you know, for the stockholders, mostly for it's us. Been it's insanely rewarding. Yeah, Sure. Sure, the transformation into an entertainment company. Look, Vince is on record saying that his whole purpose was not to put on exhibition matches. It he was to, make to be a soap opera. There's a video I posted in. Yep. I posted it in the group the other day. He wanted to make movies. Mm -hmm. He wants to sell DVDs. Part of the big premise of the network was to have a yep. library of content. There's all kinds of reasons out there that things that he wanted to do that were bigger priorities to him than putting on wrestling exhibitions. So to your point, yeah, mm -hmm. that's what it's always been. And we've kind of known that. And we get upset because it's not, my it's, wrestling. It's my not wrestling. what we want it Hashtag to be. My wrestling. Right. That's, that's where that came from right. is you and I, and there's a lot of other people that, that feel the same way, want X, Y, Z. We want this kind of wrestling. Like, you, you know, you like your big Haas matches. Yep. I like my te technical showcases. Um, fine. Some people just want to see a couple of guys getting in the ring and beating each other up and that, that, that that's, that's it you know and like like what wwe has 
Like just simple matches. Roman Reigns, Shane McMahon. Roman Reigns overcomes the dastardly Drew McIntyre at WrestleMania. All right? We had a lot of different matches at WrestleMania, and that was one that I thought got unfairly crapped on. I thought that was about as classic of a WWE match as you could possibly have. Which one For are you better or for to? worse, Drew McIntyre, Roman Reigns at WrestleMania oh, this sure. year. That was about as formulaic and straightforward a WWE match as possible. Executed perfectly. Perfectly. You had the heel get up on the face, face mounts a comeback, and wins one, two, three. That was it. That was it. And it was crowd-pleasing, and that was the point. So, you know, if you don't like that kind of match and you're complaining about WWE, go watch something else because that's what they're here to give you. That's, that is their stock in trade. And they might give you some other stuff here and there to try and, you know, spread their audience out, but that is their core. So, you know, when I see that, I can say I'm bored by it, but I can also look at it and say, hmm, but that's what they're trying to do and they're executing it. Yeah. So, and, and if they are, then they're entertaining some people out there and they may not be listeners of the show. They may not be people who are in our Facebook discussion group. They may not, we may not hear those voices of those people, but it's obvious that they're out there because yes, there's, is there a rating slump? Yes. Are they still getting 2 million plus views? Raw was up ten percent this. Raw was up ten percent this week. So there are people out there who want to see this. So, yeah, my, I, my. I got sold uh, big hoss dudes beating the crap out of each other in the eighties and nineties, and hashtag my wrestling. I'd like to have that back. We do to an extent, but it's it's funny that the big guys are the ones that are either goons or uh, you know uh, enforcers. Or the ones that are in the that all hold the titles right now are all little guys. Well, I guess except for Samoa Joe, but kind of what we asked for. You know, we wanted all these yeah. these baby faces to win, and here we go. But don't are you not entertained? Damn it! I gave you all your face wins. Damn it! Pretty much. That's actually you're you're spot on there. But don't worry. We'll talk about your big hoss Lars Sullivan in a second, Nick. In the well, meantime, hang on. <laughs> I get to have my oh you my take here. Oh. Because uh, I, uh, we were taking this aside, so Please. I want to throw something else out there that's a complete curveball. I think this whole wild card thing might be leading to something. I have one of my crazy oh, speculations no. here, guys. Uh, I think I that this is all going to lead to October. We're going to have this wild card crossover thing that's going to basically unify the brands that will ultimately culminate in a draft where we draft people to the two different brands that are going to where they're going to split back off to go to Fox and USA. Am I crazy? Why would they need to do that if they have a wild card rule? I think the I think well, the wild card rule was it would be entertaining. <laughs> That's <laughs> Hang on, let me. Uh, my tinfoil hats around okay. here somewhere. It'd be entertaining. There's a lot of <laughs> things that would be entertaining that aren't going to happen. Nick, I hate to break yeah. it to you. I think that's what I know. <laughs> I know. Oh my goodness! They already have. That's what the wild card rule is for. So they don't have to have a draft. It's literally what I, it's for. I think for. it's so they don't have to unify the brands right. efficiently, so that they can. Why split do you need to off? have a draft if people are already able to go wherever you want them to, and you don't care about how many go? I don't. It's just my gut. I can't control. You need to stop these eating things, those San Diego you know? hamburgers, then, because your gut is getting in your way. <laughs> it's getting in your way. That's a no dads. <laughs> if you're in San Diego, go check it out. Oh, man. All right. Well, moving on, we had uh, R-Truth. We got In-N-Out versus Five Guys. Really? Fat Burger, yo. Fat Burger. 
Fat Burger. Fat Burger. Uh, or Cassell's. Mmm, Cassell's. Cassell's. Shout out or to the JBC. Apple Pan, if you know Shout about out. that. Oh, LA. get out of here with your hickory. No. All right. <laughs> Total. I'll Wrong talk podcast. for an hour. Wrong seriously. podcast. Uh, R-Truth. R-Truth is your 27 champion. I can't even say that right. What is it? What do you? What, he's, their, he's your hardcore champion, <laughs> whatever you want to call it. He's your 24-7 champ. Uh, he was running around trying to escape and found out uh, that Shane, because he interrupted his, the, the Shane appreciation segment last week, this week, R-Truth was getting a straightforward match. Um, but he didn't know the rules, and he got to the ring and realized it was against Elias, only it was a lumberjack match with superstars from both Raw and SmackDown. Hello, wildcard rule. Yeah, there were uh, like 20 different Raw superstar undercard guys. Oh, there, there. Bobby Roode was there, Mojo Raleigh, the B-team. that's Robert Roode, sir. Uh, so, oh, no, he's, he's, he's kind of becoming a goatee now. He's only Robert Roode to me when he's got the full mustache. Uh, I saw Jack wow. Gallagher for there for some Cedric Alexander showed up from the rock he's hiding under. EC3 was there looking like he wanted to kill himself. Matt Hardy, Shelton Benjamin... Nick, we had an appearance by Shelton Benjamin. Benjamin. Mm. Um, so it was nice to see those guys, even though it was kind of also really sad. Yeah. But uh, this was yeah. a very quick match. Uh, Elias pinned our truth in like a minute, and then realized that well, once the match is over, uh, you can get murdered by everyone who's a lumberjack, and they all did. <laughs> they all jumped in the ring, even little Drake Maverick, and they tried to kill Elias. He snuck out of the ring. I mean, this was like. This was like it was like airplane or or Caddyshack, like you know Elias sneaking out the side of the ring while there's a big scrum in the middle of the ring, and he meets like he he and our truth kind of like meet each other on the corner of the ring, like hey what are you doing here? And they go scuffle under the middle of, un- underneath the ring, and next thing we know the bell rings and the ref and our truth come out from under the ring and somehow our truth had won the belt back under the ring. Well, so, you could hear the ref slamming the mat or something right. underneath the ring. They do a video it of just, it on www.sashabanks.com. They do have footage of this happening under the ring. They have under the ring footage. Bottom line, another 24-7 kerfuffle. Was this... Okay, so we were really high on 24-7 title when it first came out. Is this what... Is this what you want to see from it? Like this kind of crazy shit or is this... Could they be doing better? No, I could. They, of course, they could be doing better, but I mean, it's. I, I'm not mad at this. I, this is fun. This is bringing some entertainment back to my sports entertainment, and and, and I'm okay with this. And and if we, I'll go ahead and say that you know uh, they posted something earlier today, uh, leading into Super Showdown tomorrow, where our truth was calling his family uh, right outside of the airplane as they landed in the undisclosed location where Super Showdown is going right. to be. Jinder Mahal sneaks out of the plane with a ref, rolls him up. Jinder Mahal is your new 24-7 champion as they, of today. They do know that he is Canadian Indian and not Saudi Arabian, right? Like, like he's not, like, go, him going into Saudi Arabia as the champ doesn't really mean a whole lot. They know that, right? I, 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 don't, just, I don't know why that I'm matters. Just speculating. But okay. I'm just speculating. Okay. So, but yeah, and I agree. This was, this was a fun little bit of business, but, you know, I... Uh, I I don't know the cartoony stuff's only gonna last for so long. I like again. You, I agree with you though. I liked the I like the social media aspect of this, where like titles can change hands on Twitter. You know what I mean? I like that. That's that's still intriguing to me. I I want a smidge more ridiculousness out of it though. Agreed. If I'm being completely Turn up to honest. eleven. Agreed completely. 
I need I need the pencil to pin the guy sleeping because he's laying yes, on his chest. Yes, go all out. I need I need Ramblin' Rabbit to pin Mercy. How amazing! How amazing would something. that be if Bray wanted and then Ramblin' Rabbit on his own hand pinned him? <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. Like crazy crap like that. I agree with you completely. Because the national anthem um, started playing and he had to put his hand on his heart and there was a ref there that counted <laughs> one, two, three. Shit like that! Sure. Come on, guys. You 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 sure. can do this stuff. Um. So a couple more things before we're out of SmackDown Live. Andrade stood tall this week. Andrade Cien Almas, he uh, had a match with Apollo Crews, but he beat him up before the match even started. Kicked the crap out of him. Uh, Apollo was Cedric. due back I mean, in catering I mean, uh, shortly. He didn't have much time. <laughs> yeah, he didn't finish that bagel earlier. I, who am I, bagel? Who am I kidding? That man hasn't seen a carb since I was a kid. <laughs> um, but speaking of no carbs, Finn Balor ran out to make the save. Uh, he did not make the save. He ate a hammerlock DDT for his troubles. Andrade stood tall going into Super Showdown. Not surprising, seeing as he he's facing not Manfin but Demon Finn. So Manfin. make him make him make him look <laughs> make him look hot going in. Alistair Black had another promo. These are starting to get a little sad. He's just he's back there in his room, whatever room that is, with the you know he's got the one red light on the side of his head, waiting for people to challenge him. He's like, why aren't you challenging me? Nobody's knocking on me. And no the smi- when no he starts smiling me. and it gets silly, I, I kind of checked out this week. I just went, oh, no. This is getting okay. dumb. This yep. is getting dumb, dude. Like, I'm, he's just waiting. I'm Alistair Black. I'm waiting for you to come pick a fight with me. And the fact that you're not makes me lonely and angry because I'm angry. I drink my coffee black. I smoke my cigarettes unfiltered. I'm Alistair Black. I'm a madman. I shop at Hot Topic. Come and get me. And no one you does. Not like my lip piercing? Like you not my lip piercing and my scary tattoos? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, get him in a goddamn match. Get him fighting somebody. Just stop doing these segments. It's like the Mojo Raleigh uh, mirror ones. At a certain point, they became uncomfortable, and you weren't intending on pushing him anyway. So, Jesus, find something for him right. to do. And finally, Lars Sullivan. Oh, boy. Sweet singing Nightingale, Lars Sullivan. He cut his first promo. He cut his first promo before EC3 was allowed to cut his first promo. Um, Would you like to... He's your boy. Would you like to describe Lars Sullivan's promo for the kids at home? I'm not sure if this is what anybody expected him to say. Myself included. I expected rah, rah, beast, rah, rah, freak... Uh, you know, I wouldn't have been surprised if he had given Kayla Braxton a freak accident. That would have been fun if she was if she was up for taking the I bump. mean, or you know, just yeah. I, do something that makes it. I I remember a part of his his time in NXT where he was made out to be this monster, but on the microphone he was this like hyper intellectual man. Okay. Yes. They still kind of put they still push him as that on the main roster. The, the commentary still says he's very intelligent. Okay. His tongue is four sizes too big, so he lisps like a mofo. But yes, he's very intelligent. Uh, yeah, I'm not a fan of this. No, mm. no. So, so it was basically Lars Sullivan saying, uh, you know, do you ask the nightingale while it, why it sings the sweet, sweet thong that it sings? Do you ask the lion why it tears apart the animals that it destroys? Then why do you ask me why I do the things that I do? What music they make. I don't know how Lars Sullivan became Bella Lugosi. Whatever. It doesn't matter. <laughs> the bottom line is, is that then he asked Caleb Braxton why, like, what they call him 
all, you know, he's like, they've been, they've been calling me this all my life. All my life. It's okay. Go ahead and say it. I've been hearing it my entire life. And she's like, you're a freak? And he goes, ah, ah, Ladies ah, and gentlemen, Surrey ah, Dangerous has gone full Bella Lugosi at this point. I'm not sure we can continue the show. I, if you want to continue and just, we'll just skip this Lars Sullivan part. I'm we totally okay talk. with that. This was just painful. They, the entire time. Ah, he wasn't doing a transmitting accident, but he was, did have a big thing. Anyway, the bottom line is, is that this was an absolutely goofy, goofy, goofy promo from oh, Lars Sullivan. Man. They were trying to make him sound literate and, and, and verbose, but it, yeah, it just came off as weird, man. Damien Sandow pulled it to off me, to an extent that no, not Lars, that no, not Lars. You can't give him the same promos. No. Like, God. they tried to do this with Rowan, too, remember? No, he's a super intelligent big guy. That fell flat yeah, in its nobody face, cares. too. Beat somebody up. Nobody cares. <laughs> we don't care. Exactly. Beat somebody up. Flip a truck. Kill someone. Yes. That's that's really, that's what you're there for. You're big. Even in NXT, they knew to keep his promos to a minimum. They told us he was intelligent. He'd say, like, two sentences. It sounded pretty smart. And then he'd go off and murder somebody. Yeah. That was his game. The other interesting thing here that I want to point out before we move on, because we have a ton of stuff left to get to, is that this promo was kind of about how words hurt. Mm. You, know, you know, you call me a freak and it, it hurts, but I've, I've chosen to embrace it and it's, I destroy people now. And that's funny coming off of this controversy that he had where he was using terminology and words to hurt people. So I thought, I was, I thought that was interesting. Um, there are a lot of people that are coming to his defense now saying that he's a changed man. Obviously, everyone's going to choose whether or not they want to forgive him or not, and that's completely up to the individual. Uh, at this point, I'm only looking at this from a how-are-they-dealing-with-him standpoint. Stop giving him promos like this. Just meh, meh, meh. This time probably did not go talk. over well backstage. Uh, I doubt we'll ever see or hear this again. I, I'm <laughs> Really? I think Vince probably and, loved this. And out of the other side of my mouth, I'm going to say Vince probably thought, that was really good. Yeah, there you go. There you go. <laughs> exactly. Do that, do that again at the house shows this week. Yeah, yeah do that. Great again. job, kid. You nailed yeah. it. Yeah, nailed Great it. Great job. Oh, it was, it was, it was I'm good a shit. I, was, I wrote I was that written. myself. I wrote that. It was brilliantly written. Brilliant. <laughs> great shit. Well, speaking of great shit, Nick, we've got to move on from SmackDown Live because we have a ton more show to get to. And a lot of it's great. But before we get to the great stuff, we've got to give our pickums for Super Showdown. All right, Ian, well, you know, Let's just tear it through is what this. it is. Let's tear through this. Ladies and gentlemen at home, real quick, ladies and gentlemen at home, you're welcome. We're going to watch this so you don't have to, and we're going to give our, our, our recap show so that you can just know what happened. Um, but yeah, Before Nick, let's, let's picks, go Before we do the picks, though, I do, I do want to announce we are going to have a watch party for the pre-show in the Facebook discussion group, should uh, you choose to join us. We'll be at 1 p.m. Eastern time tomorrow. Uh, that's Friday. Uh, we will be uh, having a live chat in the Facebook group for those that wish to join. I think three people have said they were going to come. <laughs> it's, it's two in the afternoon on a Friday. I promise you there's plenty of other things that a lot of us would rather be doing than supporting I have a confession. this arrangement with WWE, but uh, we're going to do the hard work for you I have a con- uh, so that you don't have to. Nick, uh, but we will be doing those things I'm live. sorry, Nick. I, I have a confession. I'm, I'm okay. not going to be there for the watch party. I have decided or the live chat I, I, or the live chat. I I unfortunately got an opportunity to go to the uh, Star Wars land at Disneyland. Uh, so I will be giving my money to a different large evil corporation. Um, no, you, you've already given it to him. You already pay for the network. 
Congratulations. Damn it! You got me again, Vince! Uh, no, but I will watch the show. We will, we, I'm we, a genius! <laughs> we, we, will, we will have our recap show up for you guys. Nick, let's run this down. Uh, Usos versus the Revival to kick this off. Who do you think is taking it home here? I want to see the Revival win. I yeah. really do. I don't know if I can wish it into existence, <laughs> uh, but I think the Revival's... I'm going to pick the Revival because I want them to win, not because I think okay. they are. Um, that's that's I, I think it's time, uh, but I like this feud, and I, I hope it goes on for a long time, external to the Shane bullshit that it surrounds yeah. right well, now. I mean, this is going to be a good match. They're two great teams. It'll be nice to see the, uh, you know, the Revival pick up the Tag Team Championships from the Usos. Oh, wait! Oh, wait, neither of these teams are champions. I've got the Usos picking this one up. It's a, it's a pre-show match. The faces are going to go over to make the crowd happy. Uh, so I, I'm 100% on the Usos for this. Lars Man. Sullivan versus the entire Lucha House Party. We've yet to hear if this is going to be under Lucha House Party rules, although I suspect it will be. Who do you have here, Lars or the little guys? Uh, yeah. Watch a giant racist beat up three Mexicans in a foreign country that's known for its own latent racism. I, I, I hate this match. I, I don't even know. <laughs> I don't even know yep. what to say about. Lars Sullivan's going to win. Yeah, you know it is what it is. Yep. Moving on, Braun Strowman versus Bobby Lashley. Who do you think's taking this one? I th- oh god. So I, looking down the rest of the card, at a certain point, some of the heels have to win, and, and I, I think Lashley's going to win here. Oh, wow. I, I, I hate... I'm sorry, Braun. I hate it. Wow. I think he needs it. I think Braun will be fine without it. He, as he's proven, I'm sorry, my friend. My doppelganger. I love you. I think Bobby Lashley's going to win this He's one. like your final form. I don't know if he's your doppelganger. Yeah. He's got, yeah. He's got a little size on you. You guys share a beard. close. His undercut's a little higher than mine. Yeah. So and I, the, I have to... I'll, I'll get there. I'm graduating in case you guys haven't noticed. I'm going up higher and higher. You are. I don't know if I'm going to go you much You are, higher, but, but his bald spot is way, way bigger. Um, yeah. So you got him on that. Let's see the fifty. I've got Braun Strowman in this, by the way. I, there's no, no way that Lashley stood tall at the end of that show, and Braun's not going over in the place for the last time he was the the Battle Royale winner. So the, yeah, Braun Strowman. Speaking of the Battle Royale, fifty man Battle Royale. No women on this show. Fifty man Battle Royale. Who do you have taking this one? I have no idea. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's go. Let's do something crazy like Sami Zayn. Uh, Sami Zayn will not be there, Nick. Remember, he's a oh, yeah. Right. He's actually been not allowed to come to the show because the country won't allow him to show up because he's Syrian. So another another feather in the cap of WWE for going to the show. I, I may have done that one intentionally. Uh, so I just okay. I was trying to go to you reaction got me. Out of you, but ah, you hooked me. All right. Um, I honestly haven't even seen the roster of fifty that's going to be in this. It's everybody. Uh, I. It's everybody. It's it's literally it's everybody. everybody. Um, let's do something silly like Daniel Bryan. Oh, he's not, gonna be he's there not either. going either. Kevin Owens? No. Um, uh, Kevin Owens. Black? Nope, he's oh, not he going won't be either. There. Um, okay, everybody else. Everybody I have no else. idea. Pick I, someone, man. Uh, Adam Cole. <laughs> wow. Okay. All right. Sure. I have no uh, idea. I'm going to say AJ Styles if he's not injured. Uh, if he is injured, the Miz. So okay, I but I you know I have to pick one, so I'm going to pick Styles. Okay, I'll pick Miz. I'll I'll go. I'll I'll do your other one. Whatever. You can't steal my brilliant well, pick. Yeah. My my brilliant pick that I said was likely. If Styles is injured, then you're automatically going to win. If that. Wow. I see. All right. Putting you down for Miz. That's I, I would have said Drew McIntyre if if he you know if he's not already involved with Shane. You know what? Put me down for Drew McIntyre. 
There you okay. There you go. I think that I would that would be bold of them to give the heel a victory, but Lord knows Drew needs the rub. Yep. Um, but yes, if if Miz wins, then yeah. Um, yeah. I, I've got a bonus point here just for for, for okay. giggles and giggles and shits. What, one NXT superstar. Pick one NXT superstar who will show up. Guaranteed Gargano. show up. Gargano, as you're saying. Gargano. Yep. Okay. Uh, I will say Adam Cole. Okay. So yeah, the the two big the two big daddies in the yeah I I, I, mean, I put a Keith Lee in there and I'll ha- we'll have some fun. Well, I would love that if it, but they'll probably like remember last time there was like Baba Tumbe Baba Tumbe Baba Tumbe Baba Baba Humba Humba whatever the heck his name is they they called up some randos Tucker Knight was there some randos uh, Roman Reigns versus Shane McMahon who's taking this one <sighs> Roman Reigns of course yeah I, I'm not even going to spend any time talking about this Roman Reigns is winning period. End of statement. Triple H versus Randy Orton, however. This one is hard. This one is this, hard. This is hard because this is not a Triple H burial yet, I don't think. It's not him putting down Batista in that sense. Mm. I could see Randy Orton winning this. Same. Um, and I, I think I'm going to go with Randy Orton. Okay. I think that's because he's the underhanded one in a sense. Uh, yeah. He's he's the legend killer. Mm-hmm. Uh, we know Triple H is kind of... It, I don't want to say coming to his end, but not far from it. But yet, you know, I, I think there's. I think Triple H needs to build himself back up. Uh, well, maybe not. He's beat Batista, but it, this is really hard for me to pick because I could see reasons for them both to go over Randy Orton because he's still fairly active on the roster, and it would give him yeah. a you know make him look dangerous. And Triple H because of Triple H, and he wants to get his back, and he wants to be the guy who, out of the people in Evolution, he's the one who beat everyone last. You know what I mean? So yeah, that's a good, I could see that too. You know, so Flair, Batista. Yeah, I, I could I mean? see, see Triple H too. Get the trifecta. I don't know. I, I'll stay with Randy Orton if you're going to pick Triple yeah, H. Yeah, let's do it just for the sake of, of interest. But okay. yeah, I think we'll I, I, I think Triple H. Uh, yeah. Demon Balor versus Andrade Cien yes. Almas. Yeah, this, it, it, demon. yeah, Demon. No, no question there. Sorry, Andrade. If they have Andrade beat the Demon in the desert. I will do something drastic. Kofi Kingston versus Dolph Ziggler for the WWE title. Who do you have here? Yeah. Uh, if Dolph wins this, it will be the most surprising thing of the year. It'll for be me. it'll be a travesty. Uh, Seth yeah. Rollins versus speaking of travesties, Seth Rollins versus Baron Corbin for the title for the uh, Universal title with possible with or without, with or without Brock Brock Lesnar looming. Yeah, without with like this may this may not even happen. Uh, who knows? This may turn. I mean, Brock's not on the card, and you know the Saudis paid for Brock, so this may turn into a oh, Brock match real quick. This may be like back to back Baron Corbin, Brock Lesnar. So, do you think Seth? How about this? Do you think Seth comes out the Universal Champion, or does Brock win it back? I'm, I'm changing. The, I'm changing I'm playing, it. I'm playing alternatives in my head. Um, I, I could see a situation. I could see it two ways. One, Seth wins, but not a, until getting beaten down by Baron. Only to have the beast come in and I'm, take again. It. I'm not making this. I, does I, Seth win or lose against Corbin? I'm saying, does Seth walk out of Jeddah still the champion? Oh, so so we're making. <clears throat> it's not about no, who wins. It's about this what match. happens to the we're title. Saying, we're going to yeah, for this many, one. Too many okay. too many possibilities. Uh, I, th- I think Seth. I think Seth walks out of there with the. Okay, you think title. Seth retains? Okay. Yes. I, in, including the beast, if he cashes mm, in. Let me look down at everything else. I think I've got you beat on a few other ones of these. So I'm going to take a flyer here. Um, and I'm going to say that Seth loses the title. I'm I'm saying that he loses the title uh, because I but think you're not going to pick a person. So I, no, I was Brock, saying Brock so, comes out the champ. 
Okay, so that's your yeah. Pick. Somehow okay, so I say Seth. Seth went. Seth walks out with the right. title. You say Brock Correct. walks out yes. with the title. Okay, yes. all right. Because Vince hates us all. And finally, Undertaker versus Goldberg. Who do you think has this one? I think Goldberg. Really? I think Goldberg beats the Undertaker. Wow. Okay. Very interesting. I have Taker all the way, all the way. This is another Monday Night Wars thing. Taker's going to beat Goldberg. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. I, I think Goldberg lays down for this one. Taker gets another little bit of life saying that he beat Goldberg. Uh, so, yeah, taking Taker all the way on this. Nick, we have a ton more wrestling to get to. Let's not waste any time. Let's head right over and talk about the wide world of wrestling. Okay. Now we can talk about some wrestling. <laughs> Because in case you didn't watch last weekend, oh my soul, we had ourselves a wrestling show. Oh, NXT Takeover Holy 25 smokes, was last Saturday. I will Saturday. be the first one to step up and say that Takeover 25 was the best one yet. Wow! Oh my goodness! Yep, my Hands goodness! Down. I mean, over New Orleans, over New Orleans. Wow! Best one yet. Wow! And it was only five matches. <laughs> It was five. It was like, do we need to do a recap for this? It was five matches. I know. I was like, let's do a recap show. And Nick's like, it was only five matches. I'm like, I can talk for an hour about these five matches, <laughs> yes. Nick. I can easily talk Each. for an hour. And here we are. Now we have 10 minutes to talk about these five matches. You it son a of a bitch. Clinic. It was a clinic. And also, some very interesting stuff happened when it comes to this show and you and me with this takeover. And we'll get to that. So let's, let's kick oh, this yeah. right. Let's kick this right off. Roderick Strong. Stop doing your dance. I see you. Roderick Strong versus Matt Riddle. The takeovers are, are known for having a banger opening match. I can't I can honestly say I, I have to go back and maybe look. Have you ever seen an opening match for this takeover besides like the Riddle KO of, of Cassius Ono? Have you ever seen an opening match for takeover with zero rest holds? This was just nonstop go. Uh, without going back and watching like, all I of them, no, I can't think of one that was just this relentless. Like shifted into sixth gear and just <laughs> slammed they, the gas. But it was crazy. Holy they, shit! They went into sixth gear pretty quick and then found extra gears on top of it. This was insanity. This was so brutal, so hard hitting. And at a certain point, you didn't know who was the heel and who was the face because they both kept mountain comebacks. You wanted to cheer for. It was, ins- it was the very thing that Vince McMahon would have hated, except for the fact that Matt Riddle was selling his back the entire time because, as you said in the live chat, Nick, prepare to have your backs hurt because Roderick Strong is the messiah of the backbreaker, and Lord knows it's a miracle that Matt Riddle still has a back after this match. Um, ironically, not the worst back going into the locker room at the end of the show. We'll talk about that in the next match, but this was just... Freaking brutality. And if y'all didn't know about Matt Riddle yet, now you know. Now you know. Matt Riddle, they both looked him. I mean, here's the thing. Was, was Matt Riddle so good that Roderick Strong kind of got, like, I don't want to say buried. He wasn't buried. But you think he got, like, uh, uh, underrated? Oh, hell no. He under, under, underrated. Did, I mean, like people. He came out of this looking as badass even as, though Riddle, as won. Riddle did. Uh, even though, even. Even because mm. Riddle won, frankly, if Roderick Strong had just put Matt, uh, Matt Riddle Almost away, did a couple of times, I would have been severely disappointed, and it would have greatly damaged Matt Riddle. But the match that these two guys put on, listen, look, two years ago, 
Roderick Strong, as yeah. much as I made fun of him, for those of you that have been around long enough, as much as I made fun of dude, he put on some banger matches. Yes, he did. And he had the endurance and the stamina and constantly uh, did those friggin' backbreakers to the knee to everybody. But he lost a lot. And he would always get these opportunities and opportunity after opportunity at titles and chances and matches. But he would always come out looking great. Same exact thing here, man. That dude looks like a friggin' rock star after that match. Yeah. It's funny because uh, I had picked Roderick Strong to win this because I thought Matt Riddle was going to go, uh, that there, Undisputed Era was going to reign supreme on this night. Um, and I was partially right, but not, not in this match. Um, but look, I think I also said I'd be happy if either person won here because sure enough, like, you know, they, they both look like studs after this match. Um, yeah. But here's the thing, like, you know, you're always told, especially by like guys by Triple H, slow down, slow down, slow down. These guys did not slow down. Is this velocity of match? Is this, should this, should there be more of these? Or is this the kind of thing that only guys like this can do? Well, that's why it's so rare. I think it's only guys like this that came up on the indies in a big yeah. way. You know, if you look at AJ Styles, it's endurance. Yeah. It's stamina. Oh, my God. Uh, and, and being able to continually, and to have the move set and the the agility and, you know, the spontaneity to be able to continue to just put on these, oh, just to hit all of these moves and to do all of these combinations of things. I There are only a few guys that we know and girls, for that matter, that can that could put on this kinds of ma- this yeah. kind of match, and these yeah. are two of them. And if you didn't know about Matt Riddle up to now, mm-hmm. it's yep. damn, dude. You, it's this is this was a this is the one ma- I've watched this match three times <laughs> oh, on the. Man. I downloaded it for the plane rides back and forth to San Diego, and I've watched it. Yeah, you know, yeah, twenty five minutes, whatever it was. Awesome. I was sweating. I yeah. was sweating, and I wasn't even in this match. I was just just watching them. Uh, yeah, no, unbelievable. Matt Riddle's definitely a star. He's been gunning for Brock Lesnar for a while, which is an interesting concept because I believe that he fought at middleweight in the UFC. Um, I'm not sure. Welter in middle, somewhere around there. Uh, and Brock was full on yeah. heavy. Brock the drop weight to be in heavy. So yeah, so that's they're definitely mismatched. But I would love to see the two of them go at it. By the way, Big Matt time. Riddle throwing some shade at Goldberg uh, this week on Twitter as well. Oh. Goldberg apparently blocked Matt Riddle on Twitter. I love Matt Riddle. Matt, Matt Riddle's Twitter game is hilarious. Yeah. By the way, uh, moving on to the next match: tag team four way ladder match, undisputed era, specifically Kyle O'Reilly and Bobby Fish, oh. the Forgotten Sons, the Street Profits, and Oni Lorcan and Danny Birch. In another all-time classic NXT ladder match, and it is shocking that no one died. Although Kyle O'Reilly nearly did several times, and he he went into the back with literal holes in his back from this match. He and uh, uh, he and uh, what was it, Damian Fox from Lucha in the Hell of War match oh, <laughs> with pieces of meat hanging off yeah, their back. Jesus Christ, Damian. No, man, A.R. Fox took way more brutal damage in that yeah. thing. But then again, Kyle O'Reilly was not dealing with glass and barbed wire. So there's that. But he did. There was a really nasty spot where he fell on the side of a ladder, and you could just see it. Like He was It was like the corner hum- of the foot. Like caught, He caught his back or something. Oh. It just dug in. Oh. Yeah, just took a piece out of him. And he did the rest of the match, and he kept taking huge moves. He's basically like, hey, Finn Balor, remember that Money in the Bank match where you got murdered on ladders over and over again? Hold my beer. Hold all of my beers. Uh, this was an amazing match. I really, we can't really go play by play. We don't have enough time. Bottom line, it was just another match that just never really stopped. You even had Jackson Riker 
uh, come out at one point and get beaten down by everybody, which was a lot of fun. I thought that they really did the dynamics of this match well. You had Undisputed Era kind of being the technical guys, Birch and Lorcan being just the hard hitters. You have the Forgotten Sons being the sneaky heels and the Street Profits being the, the happy faces that would do a whole bunch of big moves to make the crowd pop. At the end, it looked like the Forgotten Sons were going to win, but at the last second, almost the exact same finish as the Money in the Bank ladder match, you had um, one of the Street Profits uh, jump onto the ladder from the turnbuckle, climb up, grab the belts, and that was that. Very exciting finish. Street Profits go over. You called the Street Profits. I had called Undisputed Era, I believe. Or no, I called Forgotten Sons as a way to get back at you because if they had one, I'd have made fun of you for not taking your boys. Um, I got at, my red cup. And at a point, I thought the Forgotten Sons were actually going to win because, you know, just so the heels win. Um, but no, Street Profits went over and the crowd went banana. Holy crap, they're they over. They went out into the crowd, oh. celebrated. The entire NXT universe somehow procured a red solo cup for this event. Man, I was, it was really weird, Nick. I was watching this show, and when they won, a red solo cup mysteriously appeared in my right hand. I didn't know where it came from. <laughs> it just was there. Um, but anyway, yeah, they nice. won. It was, it was great. It was very exciting. Um, Street Profits, are they deserving winners? I mean, like they, they've been kind of losers for a long time. They've built them up over the last month. Is this, are they legitimate? Do you think they built them up enough for this? Yeah, and I think it was time to have a fun team again. I, I don't remember when, when was the last time we had a fun tag team? I'd have to go back to. Ascension. I kid, I kid. I kid. Uh, the Lucha Dragons. I don't know. I, I don't know. Okay. I, I think this is a good move for NXT. It gives a little bit of levity to things after we've had AOP and the breakup of DIY, and then War Raider Machine Experience Vikings. Who? And it, I haven't seen them exactly. in weeks. Where, where'd they go? Hashtag Raw Tag Division. Yeah, th this, was, this is why I picked them, is because of how over they are, how that crowd reacted. I anticipated that. And that, that's... Otherwise, of course, I would have picked Forgotten yeah. Sons. I mean... You know? Uh, but it, but I, I think after seeing them come out and challenge... And interrupt them relinquish the War Raiders relinquishing the titles to Regal. That was solely why yeah, I and made the way that, that they stood up to so, them and yeah. made it look like they were almost on the War Raiders level was was great. And and yep. this the, yep and that match yeah. following and, that and, was brilliant. And Montez so, Ford, yeah. you know, Angelo Dawkins holds up his level. He's been doing this for he's been in the system for like seven years or a long time. So this is it's a big moment for him. But Montez Ford is a future star. We all know that. You know what I mean? And the way he jumped on the ladder at the end and celebrated. And he's the one that really is magnetizing everyone to this. So I'm very, I'm fascinated to see where they go forward. But yeah, very happy with that as well. Let's see. Next up, we had Velveteen Dream versus uh, uh, Tyler Breeze came back, by the way. Tyler Breeze came back to NXT and he had a match with Velveteen Dream for who was the biggest, I don't, I don't know what you want to call him. The prettiest the biggest, prince. Uh, prettiest, there you go. The prettiest prince in all of all the princes. Tyler Breeze versus Velveteen Dream in a prettiest prince match. I'm down. That's what this was. That was yeah. the stipulation. Who is the prettiest prince of all? And uh, and we found out. Velveteen Dream, apparently. And I was worried because I thought Tyler Breeze was injured in this match. Uh, like, legit injured. He was bleeding from an ear. Yeah, which is, which is blood bad. is not supposed to come out of your ear. <laughs> it's not It's not a supposed to come out your ear. Um, so it was a bit... It, the match was in a bit of a tough place on the card. I think if I watched this match just by itself... I'd like it a lot better because the pace was weird in the middle because I thought Tyler was injured, but the, the storytelling was there. The psychology was there. I liked at the end where 
after Dream beat Tyler, Tyler I asked him to pose, like to take a selfie with him. And Dream was like, yeah, I will, but I'm still the man and was really arrogant and kind of reminded us that he's not, he's not necessarily a face. He's the Velveteen Dream. He's his own thing. So I like that. The real question here is, what's next for Tyler Breeze? Where is he, what's he going to do after this? Yeah. So. Uh, I don't know. Are we going to see him again? I hope so. We both had Dream know. winning, so that, that was good for us. Uh, Shayna Baszler versus Io Shirai for the NXT Women's Championship was next. Another tough spot on the card for this match. And, you know, it had everything we kind of expected. Some big Io Shirai moves. Shayna Baszler was brutal. And then, of course, Jessamine Duke, Marina Shafir run out. But they get intercepted by Candice LeRae, who beats the crap out of them with a kendo. Um, but in all of the confusion, Io gets rolled up in the Kirafuda. It takes her a couple times to lock it on properly, but then Io Shirai taps out in the Kirafuda clutch. Interestingly enough, after the match, though, she grabs a kendo stick and beats Baszler to a literally bloody pulp. Well, that ain't what I want to talk about. What do you want to talk about in this? I want to talk about that moonsault with the steel chair. Hello. Yep. She didn't just beat her up. She <laughs> gave her a moonsault with a steel chair. Haven't seen that. That's like a ECW move. That's that was beautiful. Um, I loved hard it. for that. Yeah, <laughs> but it, that was what was great about this. EO lost, but she then looked like an animal beating up Shayna after this match. We know and then walks backstage going, "I'm not done with Shayna yet," and just breezes right right past the interviewer. Great. Love it. Good stuff. Good stuff. Yep. Um, I think everyone in the live chat was saying no DQ match, and I'm so down with that. I would love to see... Yep. SummerSlam takeover. Yeah. Yep. Shana, Big time. If Shayna goes down, she goes down not in a wrestling match, but in a match where there's weapons. Like She can beat you in a wrestling match, but maybe she can't beat you when weapons are involved. I don't know. Awesome. We both picked uh, Shayna to retain here as well. So you are now up uh, four to two on me in the pickums going into the final match of the night, Johnny Gargano versus Adam Cole for the NXT Championship. Baby. My good God. We thought that they couldn't do it again after their best of three falls match. We were wrong. The, uh, holy crap, yeah. they did it again. Yeah. They, they, this is the other one that I've watched three times. Mother of God. Was this in a... The, now, the, the, they had well, let's talk about the number of this. false finishes we had in this match, first of all. And okay. I, and I kind of want to... I think this is a poll I'm going to put up in the group because... I hear complaints from both sides. Yes. Like, like, uh, t is there too many false finishes, or is it a good thing that adds to the drama of the finale of the match? I, I'm torn. I, I, I see an argument for both, but I will say that this was a perfect example of how to do the latter, have how to just have so many false finishes on moves that you know are just going to knock somebody out, and then at two point nine nine five. They they throw Some a shoulder. Brilliant up. kickouts in this one, at least. Oh from God, what a wrestling freaking clinic! Yeah, this takeover was, especially the all of these matches. Man, just I cannot get over it. this match by itself. Uh, this is absolutely. I said the. the I think I said about the last one. It was a match of the year contender before we even had the match, <laughs> and this one might have beat. Yeah. Uh, this this one easily beat. That two out of three falls match in my yeah. Opinion. If you, if guys, if you're listening to the show and you weren't in the live chat, if you were in the live chat, you know what I'm talking about. But the live chat lost its damn mind in the last ten minutes of this match. Like we were all just sitting there screaming at each other, like, "Oh my god, this is insane! This is absolute. I completely checked out of the live chat because I couldn't find my jaw yeah. on the floor, and I was I was trying to pick it up. Those of us still I, able just, to good Lord. those of us still able to type. All we could type was, "Oh my god!" Um, it was it was fantastic. It was very exciting. Being live in the moment on it. And, you know, looking at it and saying, like, were there too many finishers? Were people kicking out of too many finishers? <sighs> you know what? Yeah, if I was sitting back and not invested in the match from a technical standpoint, I get I get the point. 
But if I'm invested in the match and I'm just excited to see these guys go, if I'm letting it go, if I'm if I'm doing what I was just criticizing about the WWE main roster and just like letting myself be invested in the match, I didn't even care. I was just so yeah. excited by what was happening. I wasn't sitting there going, "Hey, he kicked out of a move. No one should be. You can't kick out of a Canadian destroyer." Fuck it, man. Just it was awesome. Oh, <laughs> it was so exciting. Uh, Panama but, Sunrise uh, on the outside uh, yeah. off the apron. Good lord. Panama Sunrise Canadian destroyer. Whatever, Adam. Same thing. Whatever. Uh, exactly. <laughs> So, but here's the thing. You and I both picked Adam Cole to win, and he did win. But that means, Nick, that you, with TakeOver 25, have won your first pay-per-view pickums in over a year. In over a year. Nick has finally broken the streak. He's broken the spell since WrestleMania 2018. Nick has not won a pay-per-view. He finally won one. But that's... Take that, Nia. That, no, no, Nia stays up. There's nothing about you taking on the... Put that Nia Shrine back up. She'll go back up next put week. Put that Nia Shrine back up. I, uh, I don't know. Now, I don't know if this means I have to put a Jackson Riker behind me here. Um, no, 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 no. We'll come up with some stipulation for the patrons to uh, to, to, to figure that oh, out. God. That's, that's up to them. Okay. Yep. All right. Uh, that's up to them. I don't know. It's... it's mm, uh, Nia Jackson Riker. <laughs> anyway. When Jackson Riker appears at WrestleMania 2020 to win the Universal Championship... Uh, you'll have to put a Jackson Riker shrine up. So what are your thoughts on Damian Priest real quick before we move on because we're running behind here. Damian Priest, we had a promo for him, the former Punishment Martinez. What do you think about that? I'm very excited. I'm very excited too. I'm very excited. I'm so very excited. It looks fantastic. I love this kind of dark, you know, the almost vampire emo kind of aesthetic that's going on. I I, I dig it. And they lost Aleister Black. They got to do something. Uh, Moving on to the NXT from this week, the post-takeover show. Like most of them, it's both mostly recaps of TakeOver, so we can breeze through this. We had a couple of matches, Kona Reeves versus Keith Lee, which was fun. Kona, I think, has found his stride as kind of a jobber to the stars, if you will. Um, Keith Lee looked good, looked like a monster. He had that one move where he just held on to Kona, wouldn't let him go, just kept beating him up. Uh, we also had Mia Yim versus Bianca Belair, the... I think it was the rubber match, right? This is the third of, third of three? This is the third one, yeah. And Mia Yim picked up the win. So two two in a row, right? Fascinating. Bianca Belair falling down the card a bit, and Mia Yim getting it's interesting because I think uh, Bianca has more of a long term future than Mia does, but maybe that's why they're pulling the trigger on Mia now. Um, yeah. Get her up there, get her ready to go. You know, I wouldn't be surprised if you know Io takes the belt off of Baszler at SummerSlam, and Mia is probably the next uh, one of the next contenders. Yeah. Uh, you know, put her up there. Absolutely, I'm not mad it's, at it. We need to reset things in NXT a little bit um, after they've 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 gutted it. Frankly, they, they've uh, gutted it over the last yeah, year. Yeah, and they're saying they might take Adam Cole now. I'm like, no, they're already dead. Oh, don't do it. Um, they're not dead. They still have tons of talent, but just stop. Stop. You're already not using the people that you're taking. Stop. Yeah, he's like five three. Stop. Too. He's not going to go anywhere on the. Oh no, God, no! <laughs> They'll kill him. They'll kill him. Uh, and a couple more things on this week's episode: Street Profits celebrate. Uh, Io Shirai, as you said, says she's not done with Shayna, so we'll probably see more of that. No idea who the next people, the Street Profits, are defending against. I suspect Forgotten Sons. They, they seem to be in the mix a lot, and they're big heels, and they're like the only heels I can think of where people just genuinely hate them. Hate them. If we're going to follow this trend of bringing back, you know, not so readily used main roster stars such as Tyler Breeze to NXT. Can we get a return of AOP? Yeah, bring them back to NXT and let them do something. I mean, they were injured for a while, or one of them was injured, so it's just they have nowhere to put them now because they don't have anything in the yeah. tag division. 
Hashtag save the hashtag save the tag division. I don't want to skip over Keith Lee. We we talked about Conan Reeves and how he's turned a corner or whatever. That's fine. Bask in his glory. Oh God, Keith Lee. He's great. How do I love thee? He's great, but I just don't know if we have time oh. to talk about him right now because we have so much more of the show. Okay, oh yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Lo- Keith Lee's amazing. Look, we, you know that. We love him. We love Keith Lee in the show. We're Marks. Yeah. All right, 205 Live this week. Uh, Drew Gulak looks like he's replacing Akira Tozawa as Tony Nese's next challenger. Akira Tozawa won the number one contendership, but this week Drew Gulak beat the crap out of him. He's got kind of a new look, some black trunks, slicked his hair back a little bit. Um, is that a better option? Is Drew Gulak going for Tony Nese a better option given A, their history, and B, the fact that Gulak's never been the champ? And I don't know about you, Nick, but I don't think there's anyone more worthy of taking on Tony Nese and beating him than Drew Gulak. What do you think about that? I think it's his yeah. time. I think, it, I think it's time for Drew Gulak. We, we've speculated that uh, he would be the one to take it off Buddy Murphy previously. Mm-hmm. We've, we've speculated maybe Cedric Alexander when he had it before Buddy. I, Gulak's put in the work, man. He's put in the time over the last few years. I, I don't know. I think it's his time. I, I think he's he should be the next one, not Tazawa again. God Almighty! I, you know, I, I love Tazawa. I have a lot of fun watching him wrestle. I want to be clear about that. But at the same time, Gulak, man, is just he's he's one that I could see being successful up on the main roster. And, you know, two of five live is technically considered. You know, it's a main roster show. Whatever, sort of. Uh, but yeah. but Gulak. Def- definitely yeah, Gulak. Definitely. I would like to see that happen. Um, and Lord knows he's been doing a lot of work for WWE around, you know. So I, I think he's probably earned it. So that'd be nice. Uh, but Nick, it's time to move on and talk about one of the other biggest things in the week, and that's New Japan. New Japan had its Best of Super Juniors finals, and if you want to, if you're looking for a show to get into New Japan, this was a good one to do it because you had a lot of undercard matches that really set up the the stories here, and some top of the card matches that were not only awesome matches, but they had some people that you could recognize and you had stories you can get into. Um, Boy, did you! The, <laughs> there's so I, I'm not sure really what to get to first here. Whether we talk about the winner of the Best of Super Juniors or if we talk about the debut of the former Dean Ambrose, John Moxley. I'm actually going to switch my notes here and go with Moxley first because that's how it was on the card. Okay. John Moxley debuted and very, very off the bat, different from Dean Ambrose. couple little mannerisms, but you can expect that. He's now wearing kind of like MMA trunks and knee pads instead of his jeans and a tank top. Um, and he had a match against the North American champion, the U.S. champion, Juice Robinson, the former CJ Parker from NXT, who came out and had shaved off his dreadlocks, which is which was a, a big shock. No, that's that's a serious decision to make. Yeah, it is. Um, to, to take. Wow, that's what that's that's very shocking right off the bat. It showed he was serious. Uh, unfortunately, what he didn't know was that Moxley was more serious than him because John Moxley, after however many years, eight years of WWE. He's back doing his own thing, and within 30 seconds of this match beginning, within 30 seconds, he was chewing on Juice Robinson's eyebrow until it bled. So we know now what we know now what John Miles, what Dean Ambrose had up his sleeve the entire time. He wanted to go out there and he wanted some blood, and he got it right off the bat. It was not, it was not getting immunization shots he was, in a doctor's holy office. Crap. Yeah. <laughs> right off the bat. Uh, Juice got color, and then he just started trying to hard way open him up with his fist. Juice ended up the, at the end of this with just like the left side of his forehead was just a big swollen mess, blood and just bruising. I'm sure he's got an enormous lump there today. 
because Jean just targeted it and beat the crap out of him, put him through tables. There's a couple of uh, eye on the table moments, matches, moments in this match. Um, and it was moments where Dean was like, he's going to that table. I don't give a crap. These Japanese tables don't break. He's going through the damn table and he put him through the table and it was even more brutal because of it. Um, he beat the tar out of poor Juice Robinson and ended up pinning him. And in his first match, is there any way, in his first match, is in there, his first match, is, in his first match, after leaving WWE, John Moxley's a champion in New Japan. He's your new U.S. champion. Sorry, go ahead, Nick. I have two things to say here. One, is there any way that Moxley does not get into and and do really well in the G1 later oh, this yeah. year? Uh, I, I mean, it's, it feels blatantly obvious. Two, I really want to understand the dynamic of the relationship between AEW and New Japan yep. now. Because we know Kenny has can, can kind of go back and forth. That's been established. And now with, with Jericho Moxley... Jericho has a title shot this it, Sunday at the, at the heavyweight championship. Jericho has a title shot. Moxley's the U.S. champion. Kenny can yeah. go back and forth. So they're obviously friendly. Oh, oh are we seeing... I mean, obviously, obviously, like, you know, there's some, there's some friendliness there. There's some uh, willingness to work together. Um, and AEW hasn't started yet, so maybe this is something where they're building each other up. I I don't know. I mean, this is definitely a it's a good yeah, look a for good New point. Japan to have John Moxley go over there because you get a lot of American eyes on there, and it was one of the most bought or watched pay per views that Japan has put on in a long time because of that. He's absolutely elevated them, so it's it's good business for them. Wow! And if he's in the G one, first of all, I am going to faint, and I and you won't see me for those three weeks because I'll just be watching every match of the G one. I'm already probably going to be doing that, but I'm even more so. Oh, my God. Yeah. That's going to be amazing if, if he's in the G1. I'll have to switch my schedule around completely yeah. so that I work third shift or, or so that I can stay up and watch but it all no, night. That's, it's, it's very bold to put a title on him this quickly. And it's obviously yeah. they want to get American eyes on their product. And they're, I think it's a smart move, frankly. I think it's crazy, but I love it. Um, just, I love, the, I love the, the, the bold state statement that it makes. Big time. Yeah. Um, yep. And then just one final thing about this match, and that is poor Juice Robinson, who has worked so hard to make himself a star and to make the U.S. title relevant, getting just murdered like this. I think go, like given looking at the post-match interviews, which I posted up on our Facebook discussion group, um, I love that Juice came out of this with like in, in despair and with also a lot of fire. I think he's, he's put himself in a great position to build himself back up to face Moxley. He put John Moxley over huge, both in this match and in the post-match promos. He put him over huge. So there's obviously, you know, behind the scenes, these guys are friendly, and Juice is trying to elevate John so that when ultimately he gets the title back off of John, it will elevate the crap out of him. It's just, it's smart booking, and I love it. Set this, like, set this up for later. It's going to be the, re the redemption, the resurrection of Juice Robinson. Mwah! I love it. Yeah. Um, moving I can on. I see those two having a big feud for a long time over this, and I, if that's what it's setting up, I'm, I'm all in on it. Or even, it's, it's New Japan. Like You can have it simmer for months yeah. and months and months. That's what they do. So, brilliant. Um, you've also had the finals of the Best of Super Juniors and what I consider my match of the year so far. This is the one I watched three times this week. Shingo Takagi versus Will Ospreay in just an absolute clinic. A just unbelievably good match. It's, I, I thought it was as good, if not better, than anything on TakeOver. It was un, 
real how good this match was. So, Will, so full oh. disclosure, I have not seen this yet. As you guys know, I usually catch up on New Japan stuff on the weekends, but after we do the show, but I, I this might be my most anticipated match of the year. I think we've been looking forward to this one since we started to see the best of Super Juniors start to take shape. Yeah. Uh, it, with the point system, this is the one that we were really looking for. And, and, you know, with your, you know, I don't consider what you have to say hyperbole in any extent because those two guys can put on a match. Unbelievable. I'm very much looking forward to seeing Unbelievably this. good. If you don't know about Shingo Takagi, you might, you might have heard of Will Ospreay. You might have seen Will Ospreay. This is the best he's ever been. It, I, I say that yeah. without hyperbole as well. This is the best he has ever been. He has just completely leveled out his game so that he's not just a spot monkey. Um, and he can tell a story in the ring. And Takagi is fantastic as well. If you don't know about Takagi, this is a great way to be introduced to him. He's just a brutal, scary dude um, who puts on a great show. So uh, I've got a lot of notes nice. here. We don't have a lot of time, so I'm going to move on. But just put it, to put it this way, go watch this damn match. It's that good. We got to talk about Dominion, Nick, because it's this weekend. That's one of their big shows in oh, New boy. Japan, and it's a hell of a card. Um, Looking forward to it. Me too. Looking forward to watching it. As we just mentioned, Shingo Takagi, he will be there. He's facing off against one of the old guards, Satoshi Kojima. Um, is this going to be Kojima kind of reestablishing himself, or does Shingo get his revenge for losing the best Super Juniors and put down one of the old guys? And uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes. Shingo gets it back from the Super Juniors. Uh, the legend puts him over. Yep, that's Absolutely. exactly my thought about this, too. Uh, we also found out that John Moxley is also going to be on the Dominion card. He's got a match, too. John Moxley what? will be at Dominion. He's got a match against Shota Umino. If you don't know who that is, because you just kind of dabble in New Japan, he's a young lion. He's only been doing it for two years, but he's the son of Red Shoes Uno, the referee. Basically, oh. basically John Moxley is going to kill a referee's kid. Please probably, let Red Shoes officiate that match. Yeah, that'd be. And I, make I think him that'd be murder smart. his kid right in front and of right him. Right in front of him. Oh so my gonna, god, the drama! Yeah, <laughs> and I think I think this will be a way of putting uh, Omino out on on. Uh, he's going to go out on excursion after this. Like they're, they're basically going to kill him on TV, and he'll be gone for two or three years and come back. You know, a changed man with like a real gimmick and whatnot. But yeah, I don't think there's any way that Moxley's losing this one. I'm just no. going to move right on because I'm assuming you agree with me, Nick. I agree with you. <laughs> He's not dropping the, the U.S. championship <laughs> days after he got it. To a young lion. To a young no, lion, he's not. exactly. Uh, tag match, Jushin Thunder Liger and Yoshihashi <laughs> versus Minoru Suzuki and Zack Sabre Jr. Uh, yeah. This is a tough one, man, because Jushin Thunder Liger is on his farewell tour for this entire year, but it's Minoru Suzuki and Zack Sabre Jr., and his partner is Yoshihashi. Has uh, there ever been a more scary tag team in the history of professional wrestling than the pairing of Minoru Suzuki and Zack Sabre Jr. I think it depends on what you define as scary, but they've got to be in the conversation for the most terrifying pair ever. <laughs> Absolutely. Like, if you and I were to ever have a chance to be in a tag match, for whatever reason, we'll, stay, we'll, we'll run with this, the last people I would ever want to see across the ring for me is Minoru Suzuki and Zack Sabre Jr. Oh, absolutely. I, I will never talk bad about Suzuki-sama, ever. I don't want him coming after me because I, I know he'll find out somehow. And then By the way, die. we need to talk about on Twitter uh, his game. He calls out Jericho and says he wants to face Jericho. He also says he wants to he wants to face John Moxley. <gasps> yeah. <gasps> <gasps> oh, 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 God, it's good. A chairs match. Quick, who do you, okay, we gotta move on. Who you got? Uh, Liger and Yoshihashi or Suzuki Gun? 
Suzuki yep, Goon. Same. I think there's a there's a chance that uh, Liger pulls it out by pinning Saber, but I not with Yoshihashi there. Yeah, pr- pretty much. Uh, <laughs> uh, also, we've seen, this, we've seen this match a million times, but Evil and Sonata, Los Ingobernables versus the Gorillas of Destruction for the tag belts. Who do you think is picking it up here? Oh, um, coin flip. Honestly, Girls of Destiny. Excuse me, Girls of Destiny. I, I'm, I'm gonna go. Yeah, sorry. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna go. Um, Los Ingobernables. Okay. I, I, coin flip. Coin flip. Oh, honestly. Total coin flip. I'm going with Gorillas of Destruction. Destruction. Gorillas of Destiny. God, what's wrong with me today? I'm thinking about <laughs> Destruction and Kobe. I don't know. Uh, Will Ospreay, for winning the Best of Super Juniors, he gets a shot at the title, which is currently held by Dragon Lee, the junior heavyweight belt. You heard him at the top of our show, our good boy Will Ospreay, saying that he is the junior heavyweight champion of New Japan. He is not right now, but he was when we got that bumper. But I'm going to say it right now. He will be again come this Sunday. Will Ospreay will be the new junior heavyweight champion and defeat Dragon Lee. What say you, sir? I agree. Thank you. Thank you. All right, good. I'm glad we're on the same page there. Uh, Taichi versus Tomohiro Ishii, the never <laughs> open weight championship. Does the slimy little bastard Taichi, does good Lord Taichi, take one over the stone pit bull Ishii? No. No. no, you think Ishii's picking up the, the open weight, huh? I do think this is, uh, let's put a belt on Ishii. Ooh. I really, really, really hope you're right. I my uh, my gut tells me they're going to make Tai Chi retain just because he's a dick and he's just such a good heel. But I'm I'm just going to be boring and go with you on Ishii because I really want my boy Ishii to win. Yeah. Um, I really want I love him as a champ. That's more heart than head pick. Any yeah, ex- <laughs> absolutely. Any gold on Ishii always makes me happy. Uh, yes. Match of the year, possibly uh, Ibushi, oh, Kota Ibushi versus Tetsuya Naito. This is Naito. one I was waiting to get to. They've already had oh. a bunch of like match of the year contender matches. Here we go again for the Intercontinental Belt. Ibushi currently has it. Naito wants it. Who's taking it here, Nick? Uh, who cares? Ah. Just watch it. it. This is gonna be. This is gonna be. You called. You called Osprey and and uh, Taguchi match of the year. Uh, I think these two might put be putting on multiple matches of the year. Uh, Takagi, uh, Taguchi, and Osprey was a very good match, though. But yes, yeah, I, I agree. Totally. But but pick one, Nick. You, you have to. Ibushi. Uh, damn it! I agree again. I think Ibushi is retaining here. <laughs> I think they're they're uh, they're giving him kind of because he he sacrificed a lot to stay with them. So I think that the yeah. Golden Star is going to become even more golden and pick it up here. And finally, but just please let these two keep fighting for the rest of the year. Yeah, fight forever. For it's like seriously, yeah. we're so behind Nick, but we got to do this anyway. Okada versus Jericho for the heavyweight belt. Are they going to be insane and put this belt on Jericho? Considering they just put the U.S. one on Moxley and uh, in one weekend, uh, possibly. Uh, but I'm going to stick with Okada. You are. I, I would not be surprised if they did something crazy and, and had Jericho win it, especially since we're now past like the super reign of Okada. It's not as big of a deal. Uh, but it's it's any time that you know uh, a, a Gaijin takes down uh, Okada could be a big thing. The, so yeah. I, yeah. the fact that there is a part of my brain that thinks they could be crazy enough to put it on Jericho is exciting yeah. enough. That's amazing. Yeah. That's awesome. I love the fact that there is enough doubt sown in my brain now that especially with the Moxley win over over Juice, there's enough doubt sown that he could he could pick it up. He really could. And that would be absolutely insane. And it'd be wonderful. So one, two, three, we're, we're four, agreeing on everything. Five of the matches on these on this card are insane. There's, there's a least. bunch of great it's gonna be a fantastic show. It's their it's their SummerSlam, yeah. essentially. Uh, yeah. and we agree on every match. I agree Okada's gonna retain, but only but there is a part of me that thinks Jericho could pick it up. Um 
but we only agreed we only disagreed on the coin flip match <laughs> so there you go <laughs> the yeah. tag match, yeah. so coming up this sunday which i think is going to be late saturday night our time or really really early sunday morning is going to be yeah like 4 a.m uh, eastern sunday I morning care. i don't care i'm going to be there i'm going to be watching this doesn't matter my alarm's yep. getting set doing it i've got to do it it's going to be a fantastic show can't wait for that nick we have a lot of stuff still to get to but that means we need to head over and talk about our listener questions and i'm really excited for this because i think yes. there's, there's a couple of fantastic ones this week yeah you guys you guys brought it this week with some really fantastic questions and guys if you want to get in on some of this action you can head over to patreon.com slash bwo sign up for just that five dollars here and every for per month every single week you can get your questions in to be answered here live on the show first up we got brian Ian, how excited are you for the Undertaker-Goldberg match, and will you be taking a bathroom break during their entrances or the match? I don't your, think your response, that I can sir. take a crap for as long as their entrances will last. I don't think it's physically possible. If I do, my legs will fall asleep. So I, I might, I might have to, to like go yeah. out and get my car washed, um, maybe like cook my own dinner. Uh, you know, go have like a chess match with somebody. Uh, no, I, I, to be honest, like it'll be a bit of a, it's always a bit of a thrill to see an Undertaker entrance and Goldberg entrance is, is especially cause you know, they're going to have all kinds of the pyro in Saudi Arabia. We're going to, we're going to get an old, yeah, can you imagine exactly. the sparkler shoots that they're going to have, have for Goldberg? An incredible Goldberg entrance, Jesus. an incredible Undertaker entrance. It's going to be phenomenal. The match hopefully will be short, so it's not too painful. How excited I am for, am I for it? Uh, about a 1.78 on a scale of 1 to 10, mm. with 10 being the most excited. Yeah, just pfft, don't care. I have to answer your question, Brian, I'm probably going to go during the match because I'm really going to enjoy the entrances. Uh, to me, that's the spectacle, is the entrances of those two guys. Thank you for that. Uh, next up, we got Chris. Why does Lars know what a Nightingale's song sounds like? <laughs> Why did the Monster Among Men congratulate Miz on what, having a beautiful baby girl? Why does Alistair Black continue to put out an open challenge from his dark, hidden dressing room instead of the middle of the ring? Mm -hmm. And why do they continue to let the monsters talk to ruin all mystery around them? Lots of great... Because Vince. Yeah, all of that because is the Vince. same answer. I mean, it's, I'm assuming all these questions are rhetorical because yeah. it's like, it, you know, that's, that's really, that's just the answer. It's because Vince. Because uh, Vince... You look at what they had with Braun Strowman at one point, what a monster he was, and how they just completely bungled it. Uh, you look at Lars Sullivan, how he was in NXT versus how he is in the main roster. Uh, it's abs. I mean, but you look at their monsters that they've had in the past. People are already comparing uh, Lars to you know, like you know, like Ryback or Snitsky or anything like that. I said <laughs> nails, a long time ago. Reminded just as you know, the trunks and the 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 heftiness of, just reminded me of Bruno. You know, mm -hmm. so I just yeah, I've well, said that Bruno. They actually knew how to sell Bruno, yeah. but that's kind of that's kind of what I'm saying. Is yeah, you know, Chris, you're not wrong. Yeah, it's don't know, don't know. They just they don't seem to know how to keep monsters monsters, and that's really sad. Yep. Um, because they they can when they want to. Yep. They just don't. Yep. Thank you, Chris. Uh, Jacob. Next up, uh, should NXT do more standalone takeovers or keep the format of doing them with main roster pay per views? Also, if Tyler Breeze is staying in the NXT, who should he feud with next? NXT should absolutely keep doing standalone takeovers because every time we have a takeover on the weekend of a major WWE show, it makes that major WWE show look like crap by comparison. In fact, they should get the takeovers away from the main roster shows because it makes the main roster look terrible. And it's, I know I've heard this from a lot of people 
They watch the takeover on Saturday night and then they go, man, I really don't want to watch the main roster pay-per-view now. Like they just ruined me for it. Um, if you're, I mean, have it after the main, have, have it on the Monday. I know mean, they can't, but you know, just speculating like, or every other month, you know, do a main roster and then take over the other month, you know, keep it away from the main roster pay-per-views or have it in a position where it makes you feel better afterwards. I don't know. It's yeah. They should absolutely do standalone. Uh, far as Tyler breeze, who should he feud with next? Someone he can beat someone he can look strong against, um, you know, Kona Reeves or something like that. Someone he can win the feud yeah, with. He, he needs to. He needs to kill some jobbers or, uh, um, and and reestablish himself. Yeah, a little bit. someone from the undisputed era that he can beat. Like if you know, you can build up Roderick Strong again, and then have have uh, Breeze beat him ultimately. Something something like that, where Breeze can win yeah. the feud and get his prestige back a little bit. So he was never known as a winner in NXT when he was there the first time, but I think he needs a, a little bit of rehabilitation. Yep. And winning a feud would do that. Totally. Thank you, Jacob. Uh, next up, Will, do you have any practical or dream appearances for the 50-man Battle Royal Friday? Tatanka. Ooh, that's a no, good one. I don't. No, it's not. I'm it's kidding. not. Okay, good. Jesus, don't do that to me. Um, do I have any dream appearances? Oh, stop. No, no, Nick. No. Be serious. I could uh, see Hogan making a surprise <laughs> appearance again, like uh, you yeah, did the host yeah. thing for uh, mm-hmm. for Mania. You know, just because because Saudi Arabia and they've got a lot of oil money. I, I, I don't know. Uh, it's do I have any? No, I, I'm mostly just kind of going with it out of guilty obligation. I guess. <laughs> I would love to see Velveteen Dream show up, uh, although it would terrify me to have him anywhere near Vince McMahon. Yep. Um, as far as like old school guys. There's not a lot that I can really think of that we haven't already seen. I, I mean, I'd love it if they gave Jake the Snake a nod and let him come out. He's been agitating to get back on the show recently on online. Um, I'd love to see him get an appearance out there. Just, you know, just one more. Um, DDP made an appearance on, eight, on uh, Double or Nothing, yeah, carrying he Randy DD, Rhodes out. No, so. DD, DDP yeah. ain't going to be there. No, DDP. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> just like B- Billy Gunn ain't going to be there. Tommy right. Dreamer, he's not going to be there. Those guys are not going to be there. Um yeah, I don't know. Any, anyone you would like to see, Nick? Uh, like, like, like surprise show-ups? I got the, uh, Jake the Snake. I'll stick with Jake the Snake. Yeah, realistic. Like, I got Jake the Snake. That's, that's my call. Uh, I don't know if he will, but I would love to see that. The Rock? He said practical. Place, place, he said practical. Place, his, place would lose its mind if The Rock showed he would, up. He said know? practical. There's oh, no okay. practical well, way Rock is coming out of the Battle I think there's a better Royale. chance of The Rock showing up than Jake the Snake. I'll put it that way. Will, thank you very much for the question. Uh, moving on, Eric, Old does bloody. Mox's victory over Juice Robinson for the U.S. title open the door for AEW and New Japan working together in the future? Yes. Absolutely. Yes, absolutely. Well, working together, I think, is, is stretching it a bit. I don't know if they're going to work together so much as have a friendly relationship. I think that's probably... At least until AEW TV starts. You know? Right, but even then, I think AEW having a foothold in, in the United States with TV... I mean, New Japan has been very... Uh, open about getting its wrestlers on US TV in the past, whether it's WCW or WWF back in the day. Um, so they they're not they they know that that's a foothold. If you put your star on a weekly show in the United States, I mean they they did it for a while with Impact before they realized that Impact uh, back when it was TNA before they realized that TNA was making their guys look like a joke. See when Okada was on, um, but yeah. you know I think that the mentality still is. 
if we have our guys on an American TV show that's being watched by millions of people, it gets their name recognition. I think people will be more interested in going and watching New Japan's product if they knew more about Okada, Tanahashi, Jay White, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so I think that it would be smart of them to form a at least friendly relationship with each other. And it looks like they're, they already are, you know? So, yeah, yeah I, I, think, I think it's beneficial to both companies yeah, totally. to have a working relationship. Thank you very much, Eric. Good question. Uh, Lauren, next up next, uh, is up next. What is your take on the Jim Cornette, Sonny Kiss, Joey Ryan controversy? I personally don't think Jim Cornette was being, nor has he ever been, homophobic, but just critiquing AEW for not making it clear what a wrestler's gimmick is to a casual fan, which is an ongoing gripe of his. Curious to know what you guys make of it. So to I clarify, saw a little bit of this, uh, yeah, but do you know me, the backstory here? I do. So uh, Jim Cornette did a watch-along for Double or Nothing, and during the Battle Royale, uh, Sonny Kiss was in the ring, and I don't have the exact phrase he used in front of me, but he said something along the lines of, he, he compared Sonny Kiss to a Tropicana drag show. Um, and I think he called him a transvestite at one point. Um, and the uproar really came because it hurt Sonny Kiss's feelings. And Joey Ryan immediately came to his defense, as did a lot of other people in AEW and in the indie scene. Um, really came after Cornette. Call, uh, Kenny Omega did too, uh, calling him a homophobe and the rest of it. Um, I, I, I like Lauren. I kind of see it through both sides. Like what Cornette said was extremely insensitive and uneducated. Um, you know, instead of, instead of finding out what this person wanted to be referred to as, he just made assumptions, which historically have been hurtful. And in this particular case were hurtful. Um, yeah. so I was, I think it was, you know, Cornette's not known for being a nice guy. He's known for being an asshole. That's kind of his gimmick. Right. Um, that being said, these times are very sensitive about these kinds of things. You can't really be an asshole about that without getting absolutely pilloried, which is what happened. So I think that there was a bit of being hypersensitive and there was a bit of Cornette being an asshole. Um, but at the same time, you know, I, I understand kind of where both sides are coming from here. But uh, at the end of the day, there's really no one who can say if it was appropriate or not, but Sunny Kiss. Because it's not yeah. for me to say what's offensive and what's not offensive to Sonny Kiss. And Sonny Kiss made it clear that it was offensive to him and he didn't appreciate it. Um, and so that's really all we have to get. Like, like Cornette now, I think, legit owes Kiss an apology. And perhaps, because here's the thing, Cornette is a very liberal guy and he's, he's very open about being supportive of LGBTQ rights and everything else. Like, He's gone on record as, as being very open-minded in that sense. This was just a moment where I think that he said something really stupid and insensitive because that's his thing. So, you know, I think that uh, best case scenario, he owes Sonny Kiss an apology. Yeah. I, I, the only thing I'll disagree with here is that uh, Jim Cornette is, is North Carolina Smoky Mountain Wrestling. All right. Cornette is not known for having a filter. Exactly. Uh, so you have as, as long as you've been around Jim Cornette long enough to know it's not an excuse for the actions or his words, but I wasn't surprised by it. No, I guess I'll say I certainly wasn't surprised by it either. Um, <laughs> if you've watched anything that Jim Cornette said for the last 30 right. years, you know exactly what you're going to get from it. Yes. And I, I kind of respect that about the dude. Yes. But at the same time, 
it, what he said was inappropriate. It was hurtful. And for someone that, as you said, uh, has been out there on record in support of that, those sort of things, uh, it, it's just it's bad taste. You know, it's it was poor, it bad, was bad form. It's poor form on his part. I also think that people like Joey Ryan went over the went overboard. Joey Ryan obviously has a he's got a personal gripe with Cornette as well because they have a long standing feud going back for however many years because Cornette hates Joey Ryan to begin with. Um, right. So now they're just sniping at each, at each other, and it's not making anything better. And it's frankly feeding into the kind of dialogue that's ruining a lot of <laughs> our society these days. Is this kind of instead of trying to find common ground and figure out a way to make everybody happy, they just want to take shots at each other. So yeah, it's very right. very unhealthy all around. Yeah. Thank you very much, Lauren. Great question there, uh, Lyle. Next up, I've been wondering about some consistency with moves. A super kick from Dolph can put Kofi and Xavier down, and it's basically what Sweet Chen music is, but Adam Cole and Gargano trade them in the ring like punches. Is this something that the WWE should work on so that the product is consistent, or am I just being absurd with something that I noticed this week? May, may I, Nick? Yeah. <laughs> oh, may boy. I? Oh, boy. Uh, I'll, I'll step away for a All moment. Right. You, My you William Regal's it. about to come out. Um, so, Regal! <laughs> so this is actually a, it's a fairly common thing where the the kayfabe idea is that there are some people who have mastered certain moves and that's why those moves are their finishing moves or their signature moves they can do them with enough force or they're skilled enough at them that it's a devastating knockout move they've gotten so good at so Shawn Michaels is the all-time master of the super kick he can give you one super kick and you're out meanwhile the young bucks can give you 10 they spam them because they're not that good at them but they can give you a whole bunch of them and it'll work the same thing with uh, Adam Cole. His super kick is devastating, but it's a signature move. It's not his finishing move because it can't, he can't do it with enough force to finish you off, to knock you out. Right? It's the reason that some people can punch you. That punishes their finishing move. Other people can give you like 100 punches. doesn't work. So that's the idea here is that some people have mastered this move to a degree that it's, that's their finishing move. Um, so it's, it is kind of an understood thing, not only in WWE, but just everywhere pretty much like uh you know in even in japan some people can give you a cutter and it's lights out i will give you a cutter and it's like you pop right back up or tanahashi's cross body you know <laughs> it, it, no absolutely no this, the the high fly flow absolutely yeah you know the rainmaker like okada gives you a lariat you're toast you're toast but you know other guys can give you a lariat and you're, you're fine you can kick out no problem that's all this is. Um, the the bonus is the, the thing is just the super kicks are really easy to move to pull off, and it looks cool, and it makes a slappy noise. So it is. I think that's kind of becoming the overused move these days. I'll agree with that, um, and it is watering it down. But I'd say the same thing happened to the DDT about 10, 20 years ago, where it went from being a move that Jake the Snake finished off everybody with. You got hit with that, lights out. One, two, three. It was super protected. You're done. Now. DDT is a transitionary move. It's, it's something like unless you're Alexa Bliss, uh, or or you're getting a double arm DDT from John Moxley, which is now an elevated butterfly double arm DDT, which was awesome when he beat Juice with that. Um, yeah, it's it's not the kind of move that it used to be. So yeah. that's what that is. Thank you, or I dare I say the leg drop from Hogan for 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 the historians out there. Speaking of devastating right. devastating moves, wink that, wink. That's not, that's not devastating for anybody else no, but him, except his back. Except, oh god, <laughs> is he six inches shorter because of that now? Yeah. Yeah. Well, he got it all straightened out. Anyway, I, I digress. Yeah. Thank you very much, Lyle. That's a really good uh, good kind of perspective question there. 
Last but certainly not least, um, I'm, I, I don't want to butcher your name, my dear, but Esme Stand-In Bear, Esmeralda, thank you very much for your patronage. If this was an alternate universe, I love this question, by the way, Ian. Uh-oh. I just want to be... Uh, if this was an alternate universe, and both of us were somehow put in charge of saving the Raw Tag Team Division, <laughs> how would you book it and save it from the pits of despair where it currently resides. Can I jump in real quick, Nick? Because I know I know that you could answer this question for literally two hours straight. I I think I kind of have, <laughs> and I'm still working on it, and I know we're behind. <laughs> the fact that you're still working on it is the craziest part. Uh, I'm up past hell in a cell at this point. I probably, oh, my so we're, God. We're, we're getting there. Uh, well, There's uh, two hours of content already. Esme Standin' Bear. Nick has such a long answer for this. I have a short answer. <laughs> How would I save the Raw Tag Team Division? I'd put them on TV. I'd start there. I'd actually have tag matches. That's where I'd start. Just give them something to do. Give, make them legit. Have them not look like goobers. <sighs> Just put them on TV. Put them on TV. That's yeah. all I'd do. Yeah, that's Boom. all it takes. That's all you Boom. have to do. Make us care make about us care. them again. Ugh. Sorry, that... Make tag wrestling great again. Uh, hashtag save the tag teams. Uh, Nick, that was yes. uh, I, th- such a good question this week. Thank you to everyone who submitted. We really appreciate it. Again, head over to Patreon and join up to support the show and help us continue to do this and do the things that we love to do. Uh, if you want to get your questions in, and thank you, thank you, thank you for that. Uh, Nick, we're a little behind. Yes. I'm not surprised. But we're, we're not done yet. We've got just enough oh, time to go through our other news lightning round. Beep, 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 All right. beep, beep, beep. Oh, man, I really needed more time for this. All right, really quickly, Bully Ray apparently got up in a fan's face at a show in what? Portland, Oregon. Apparently, the fan was uh, yelling at Bully Ray's uh, real-life girlfriend, a couple of them. Um, apparently, this fan was yelling at uh, Velvet Sky and Mandy Leon, who were being heels, and apparently they yelled at him, spat at him, and sp- sprayed perfume in his mouth. And he was saying some rude things to them, so security escorted the fan backstage where Bully Ray said, don't say nothing to these women you wouldn't say to your mom. Now go out there and be a fan. And uh, the fan said that he was intimidated by Bully Ray, and he couldn't believe that he was being told at a wrestling show to not uh, talk smack to the heels. This has created a bit of a controversy online, people saying that Bully Ray is the last person who should be telling a fan not to say uh, egregious things to wrestlers when everyone remembers the heat wave incident back in ECW, among many other times that Bully Ray said things that you would not say to your mother, you probably wouldn't even say to the, the boys in the locker room. Um, so created a bit of a controversy. But I don't have really time to get any more into it than that, other than there is a controversy now because Bully Ray apparently uh, got in a fan's face and told him to calm down with the smack talk to the wrestlers. Um, Mm. Let's see, another news. Uh, Atsushi Aoki, who was a uh, a major Japanese wrestler, uh, and actually at the time, I believe he was the junior heavyweight champion of AJPW. He died in a motorcycle accident this week, and uh, lots of Mm. people are devastated. Uh, very, very talented guy. He's been doing it for a long, long time. Uh, so, yeah, very tragic that uh, Tsushi Aoki has passed away. Uh, Mickey James apparently tore her ACL at a live event in Texas over the weekend. She says she is out, quote, a long time. We don't know how long that's going to be, but ACL tear six to nine months probably uh, at the very least. Jinder Mahal, as you mentioned, became 24-7 champ early this week for like five seconds, but he just got it back at the Jeddah airport, so he is your champ right now going into the show in Saudi Arabia. We'll see what happens with that. Keep your eyes online because they seem to be doing a lot of things with the 24-7 championship online. 
the team of RVD, Rob Van Dam, Sabu, and Tommy Dreamer reunited. The ECW boys reunited at Impact Wrestling this week for a match. And uh, they're old, Nick. They're old. It, it, yeah. You can kind of see that with Tommy uh, in the, uh, the can, Battle Royal. Yeah, at, well, wait till you see uh, Sabu nothing. and RVD who abuse their bodies a lot more than Tommy ever did. Rob Van Dam RVD, followed the show on Twitter, by the way. Thanks, Rob. RVD is How a doing? stud. RVD is one of my favorite guys of all time. Yeah. Um, and he, honestly, I think he probably looked the best out of all of them. But, uh, but man, yeah, it was, it, was, it was a wake-up call to how long ago ECW was. I'll tell you that. Oh, yeah. Um, speaking of impact, guess who's back in impact? TJ Perkins. Oh, hi. He's re- he's returned to impact wrestling. We don't know yet if he'll be back as manic or not manic manic. Um, but he is back with impact now following his buddy, rich Swan, rich Swan, who has a match against Johnny impact for the X division title coming up at slam anniversary. So lots of things going on there over at mm. impact over at ring of honor. We had a, a match announced for best in the world. Nick Aldis and Colt Cabana. Boom, boom. The current NWA World Heavyweight Champion and the NWA National Champion are set to face the Briscoes at Ring of Honor Best in the World. Also at that show, Dragon Lee versus Dalton Castle and Flip Gordon versus Rush. Right there, that's a pretty, that's a pretty solid card. Yeah, no kidding. Just those Flip three Gordon matches. Flip Gordon versus Rush should be exciting. That should be very flippy and yes. very rushy. Yes, lots of rushing and lots of flipping. The Revival is going to hate that match. Uh, oh, yes, very much. Uh, Sami Zayn. I love this. So we mentioned earlier, Sami Zayn not allowed to go to Saudi Arabia because of racial issues. So he decided to launch a new campaign. He's been actually he had, he's had a couple of campaigns for uh, Syrian medical relief. Well, he's launching a new campaign this Friday at 2 p.m. Eastern time, the exact same time the Super Showdown starts. That is some beautiful shade, Sammy. I love you for it. That's that's pretty wonderful. For listeners that may not know, Sami Zayn, while Canadian, is of Syrian descent. <laughs> Thank you, Nick. So fill in the blank. <laughs> there you go. Uh, Wrestling Observer News says Mike, uh, says Adam Cole is being eyed to be called up. I think I talked about that earlier in the show. Uh, but, yeah, it's being reported that they want him up. And I'm saying that, that, that may be why they put the title on him at, at all. Is that you can't call up our champion. He's our champion. You can't call him up. Please, God. Please, God, don't call him up. We're doing stuff with it. With, Undisputed Era. They have a storyline. Don't kill this storyline, too. Please. Uh, and finally, speaking of NXT, we had some name changes. Trevor Lee, Jesse Elaban, you may remember, may remember from the May Young Classic. Eric Bugenhagen, he of the Air Guitar Heroics. Burgle Hergelabagen. Uh Adrian Haoud and Luke Menzies all had their names changed. They are now listed uh, as... As follows, Trevor Lee is now known as Cameron Grimes. Jesse Elaban is now Jesse Kamea. Eric Bugenhagen is now Rick. Now, I don't know. This last name could be either be awesome or just weird. He's either going to be Rick Bugez or he's going to be <laughs> Rick Boogs. Rick Boogers. Rick Boogs, I could get behind because that's that sounds like it would fit with his whole cat. Oh, what's up? It's the Boogs, man. Yeah. yeah it's the Boogs. Oh. Howde is now Arturo Ruas, which is way easier to pronounce than his normal name. And Luke Menzies is now the most wrestler name ever, Ridge Holland. Oh, God. I'm, I'm Ridge Holland. So I do have so. one more final piece of breaking news, Sir Ian Dangerous. Beep, 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 uh, beep, what? beep, beep, beep. What? What? Hot what? Okay. off the presses. 
Bring it. Uh, thank you to Will James, Butters, uh, McGator Guy, and others in the chat that just broke this news here live as yes, we were recording. this is why we have a chat. This thank is you, why we love people. you guys. Our truth pinned a sleeping Jinder Mahal on the plane <laughs> and is now your five-time 24-7 champion. Oh, my God. I love it. <laughs> yes. This is what Over, we want. Keep dialing it up, Forget what I please, said earlier WWE. about them. Uh, I forget what I said earlier about them not knowing about gender being Indian. Oh, my goodness. That is hilarious. <laughs> That's amazing. Uh, thank uh, you guys very much for getting that in uh, on the chat so we could get it in here on the show. And thank you, sir, for the other news. That's the rest uh, of our show, guys. Thank you very much for joining us. As always, come head over to the Busted Wide Open discussion group. We will be doing the watch party and live chat tomorrow for Super Showdown. Uh, wouldn't be mad at you if you don't really care either, but we'll report it for you <laughs> so you don't have to sit through it. Yep, uh, you can we'll... also hit us up on Twitter at BWO Podcast as well as Instagram. YouTube, if you're watching, thank you very much. Make sure you're subscribed and notified. But if not, head to YouTube.com slash C slash Busted Wide Open. Hit that little subscribe button and the notification bell so you know when we go live every week, every Thursday, 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 Eastern on time every week. I promise you I found the audio issues. We will fix that next week. Uh, also, if you love this show and want to support us, as we've mentioned many times, it really does keep us ad-free and keep the show going as the way we, we like to. Had that conversation on Twitter this week. Um, you don't want to Patreon. You don't want to no, do ads Patreon. for Patreon.com slash BWO. Sign up for one of those awesome reward tiers uh, so that you can uh, help us keep this show the way that it is and keep us running with all of this crazy technology that Nick has so that we can be live on YouTube once again. But I'm Nick Howell. You can find me on Twitter at Data Center Dude. Don Julio, call me. I, I want some sponsorship. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. And I am Sir Ian Dangerous. You can find me on Twitter at Sir Ian Dangerous. But by God! But somebody stop the damn match! This show is part of the Orbital Jigsaw Network. For more episodes, subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher Radio. For details and show notes from each episode, check us out, orbitaljigsaw.com.